Hello and welcome to another episode of Empty the Playbook. Another week in the books, another exciting week in the NFL. One undefeated team left after starting the weekend with five. Some of us more upset about that than others, I think. Um, (laughs) But... Loads of things to talk about and loads of fantasy stand. There was just loads going on this week. But before we get into all that, and before we get into some kind of award quarter season award predictions, we, of course, have got to check in with the boys. Mr. Edward Thorns, how's your week been over the Monday night? Uh, yeah, haven't stopped crying. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, it's been all right, really. I haven't, again, you know, I feel like the, every show we've done since the season started has been like, yeah, it's all right, really. I haven't been up to much. And it's like exactly the same. I was hoping to go watch a new Bond film yesterday, but those plans fell through. So um, <laughs> that's where you're at with life. You should go and yeah. see the new Bond film, to be fair. It's very yeah, interesting. Actually. I have watched it and uh, it is very interesting, kind of what they do for it going forward. And obviously, I can't really say any spoilers, just in case anyone hasn't seen it yet. But yeah, it's it's interesting, and they've definitely kind of wrapped up the kind of Daniel Craig era, so to speak. Um, so definitely worth a watch. Whether you enjoy it or not is a different story. I thought it was all right. Some kind of plot holes, and I think they waste Rami Malek a bit. He's a bit kind of underutilized as the villain, I think, because he's great when he's there, but he's kind of his storyline's a bit rushed, I think which is weird in a film that's two hours and 40 minutes long. But there you go. Definitely worth the watch. Um, there was something I was going to say to you and I'd completely forgotten. It's gone now. Sorry, mate. It was clearly really, really important. Um, but anyway, I suppose, seeing as uh, the important thing has left my brain, we should probably introduce the, uh, the other gentleman joining our podcast. Mr. Edward Shafland. What's going on, Shaps? You okay? Hello. That sounded like you were like sad or something, and I was suggesting, like, "Are you okay?" Like, it's like, like me being a showing off my teacher's side there. Well, I almost wasn't okay, to be fair. I, I just got out of a fifty zone earlier today, mm. and gone into a thirty zone. I was a little bit slow, slowing down, and then I see a big yellow thing in the top corner. So Ugh. I slam on my brakes. I go through going forty. I'm like, oh no, this is points, this is points, this is points. Then I look up and I see another big yellow thing. I'm like, what's this? Turns out this this road's just got a bunch of hanging flower baskets, which are like a bright yellow colour. <laughs> so, so in the middle of my drive, I just slammed on the brake just to stop for a uh, hanging <laughs> hanging flower basket. <laughs> so uh-huh. I almost had a worse, uh, a worse Wednesday than I have had. <laughs> oh, love it. I've... Uh... Have you been to see the new Bond film yet? Have you had time in your busy worker life? Mate, I've barely had time to sleep. <laughs> is what it is. Are you, are you feeling a bit more awake than last week? Because we were uh, a bit sleep deprived last time round. I was a bit sleep deprived and a bit grumpy yes, uh, last week. 
but I'm feeling a bit more, bit more energetic, a bit more on my toes. On your toes, he says while sat down. <laughs> Hello. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so that thing you were from... saying about not being so tired this week maybe is not true. <laughs> oh, dear. I love it. Right. Nice and boys. I also don't have a lot going on. It's that time of year, isn't it? We're getting back into work, back into school. I think everyone now being in confined spaces again is getting a little bit ill. Not necessarily COVID, but I think people are getting, you know, your bog standard colds and flus that come with tiredness and whatnot. So what is there to do other than go and see James Bond? Or watch Free Guy, streaming now on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Is that actually on Disney Plus? Yeah, I checked before we started recording. I told you this. It's what I'm doing when we finish recording. Yeah. As of time recording, ladies and gentlemen, you can watch Free Guy on Disney Plus. You can also watch Black Widow if you've not seen that in cinemas. That's also on Disney Plus now, too. Uh, Might just watch that for Florence Pugh, to be fair. Nice. Thank you. Um, (laughs) We talk about all all things here on the uh, (laughs) Empty the Playbook podcast. Right. Should we talk about the thing that we're supposed to be talking about? (laughs) convincing i love it right the past couple of weeks we've been getting straight into our kind of reviews in a different kind of format every week to try and keep you interested however there has been a very busy few days news wise in the nfl so i think it's time to bring back that was awful sorry uh time to time to bring back the news here are the headlines from the nfl over the past few days urban meyer who i'm sure shaps will be talking about later has been a very naughty boy the head coach of the jags doing things that he shouldn't less said about that the better uh we've seen david montgomery has had a knee sprain and he's expected to be out for four or five weeks the running back for the chicago bears i'm kind of glad that sounds really harsh, but I'm glad, to be honest, because he's in one of my fantasy teams, and I thought it was his ACL. I thought he was done. Uh, so I am absolutely buzzing about that. Uh, we have also had the Kansas City Chiefs promote Josh Gordon to the active roster, so that could be exciting. We talked a little bit about him last week. Uh, or the week before. No, it must have been last week. Anyway, it's exciting to see what Josh Gordon can do in that offense. Uh, and Jalen Smith, released by the Cowboys even though he still uh, counts for 7 point... Oh, no, I don't know if he counts for 7.2 mil against the cap or whether they just owe him 7.2 mil. But either way... It's gosh, against the cap. It is against the cap. There you go. However, I think there's a... I think if a team re-signs him, the value of his salary is taken off the Cowboys cap hit at the new team. So I'm okay. hoping he'll try and spike the Cowboys and sign a vet minimum with the Browns. <laughs> Sweet. Because he gets paid either way. Yeah, 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 true. That's a good point. Um, also, a bit of kind of merry-go-round with Stefan Gilmore uh, being released on the, and then not released and then being traded to the Carolina Panthers for a sixth-round pick. Uh, I mean, we can talk about this very, very quickly, any of these kind of headlines, but Tornsy, I know you you kind of like the deal, but you thought he could have gone somewhere a bit more exciting, maybe. Um I really like the move to the Carolina Panthers. I know there was kind of talk about Stephon Gilmore potentially going to the Packers at one point today. Um, but I mean, and obviously he's been a trade candidate for a very long time now. Um, but I like the move to the Panthers. We talked about the Panthers defense in general. 
uh, the kind of young nucleus that they've got. And we talked about JC Horn and adding CJ Henderson uh, from the Jags. Now adding a bit of veteran quality that is what two years or one year removed from being defensive player of the year. Like what for me, what an ad. Uh, and I'm sure you guys probably have different opinions and you think he could have gone somewhere a bit more exciting, but depending on what he wants, whether he wants to go somewhere. I mean, I don't know how much of it was his choice, to be fair. It'd be interesting to know kind of how much say he had in the matter. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, we can talk about that if we want. Uh, and kind of the last headline I want to say uh, before I open the floor, uh, <laughs> although this isn't really a surprise, I suppose, uh, the Bears officially announced Justin Fields as their... Uh, starting quarterback going forward because obviously like, you're not going to start Andy Dalton forever are you so yeah I mean the floor's open do you guys want to talk about that or shall we move on any of those things I don't think there's too much to add really um, I think Gilmore just I just feel like he could have gone to a team that's like more definitely a contender you know what I mean like somewhere like like Green Bay or like I don't know Tampa or somewhere like that where you're like 100% gonna be in the playoffs rather than like you know kind of being reliant on Sam Darnold continuing to play at this level, which would be great because I quite like Sam Darnold, but is a lot less likely than, than you know another team. But yeah, other than that, I, I like it. Chaps, you got anything yeah, to add? Oh, sorry. Not there you go. Really, nah. Yeah, fair enough. Nice, short and sweet. Uh, I don't actually know how much that he is uh, against the Caps, Stephon Gilmore, but if he, I imagine he was on a decent contract, to be fair. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it could have been fun to see him, like you say, go to the Bucks that obviously need corner help. They've addressed that, I suppose, with Richard Sherman, so I don't know whether they were out of the market for it, a corner. Um, and the Packers were obviously kind of a front runner. But imagine if the uh, the Patriots had traded Stephon Gilmore for uh, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Obviously, never like never happening. But that would have been fun. Anyway, cool. That was the news. Let's get started with the review uh, element of our show this week, and we're looking at the week four scores in a kind of different way, as per usual. Kind of, we've done lots of different ways. We've posed kind of interesting questions and. Uh, kind of done our main takeaways from the games and reviewed every game individually. And this week we're kind of going with our, we're kind of going with, I was short, short changing it a little bit because I'm excited to kind of hear your guys' opinions on these things. We're going for our quarter season awards. Now this doesn't quite work, I suppose, this year because we're playing 17 games rather than 16 games, but you know, it kind of works. On a, a normal 16-game season, this would be the quarter season mark. So we're sticking with that. Uh, we are going through seven awards. We've got MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, and Coach of the Year. And we're going to get through these. We might agree. We might disagree. But these are our genuine, honest picks. These aren't people that we're picking just to chuck their name into the mix. Uh, we might give you some honourable mentions, but these are guys that we genuinely think at this point could go on to win these awards. And let's start off. Should we start off small or should we go? Should we go big to start off, gentlemen? What do you? Where do you want to go? Why don't we start 
big. <laughs> Ooh, exciting. Well, let's start off with the top one then. Let's start off with MVP, the most valuable player in the NFL this year so far. Anyone want to chuck a name out there? Chaplin, go ahead, my friend. Hey, Mazza. Tell me more. Um, well, if you remember, we did our pre-picks before the season for these awards, which would have been good to go back and find them, but I yeah. forgot to do it because I didn't have time. Yeah. Um, but I, I remember picking K Muzzer, Kyler Murray, by the way, for those who... Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, you probably, I probably should have said that when you said yeah. it this time. Uh, but, yeah. Kyler Murray. Those who aren't his friends. Yeah, so... <laughs> there's been three teams that have really been showing up quite a lot this year going into this weekend and it was uh, we'll, say, we'll say four teams we'll say the Raiders the Chargers the Rams and the um, Cardinals those are four teams that were that looked like big contenders that hadn't uh, as for the Chargers uh, I've I don't think I like Herbert, but I realistically the award goes to a quarterback. Let's not mince our words here. Um, I like Herbert, but I think Murray, I think Murray's better. Derek Carr obviously lost this weekend, and I think that we might start to see. I don't. I still think he'll have a solid season, but I think the MVP hype might taper off, and as it becomes more of a solid season than a well-beater season for him, I still expect him to have a really good year though. And uh, Stafford lost this matchup which pushes him back a bit in my estimations for the MVP voting, especially when Kyler Murray makes the more... Uh, Kyler Murray's just, I think, more fun to watch. Stafford does do a lot of the Pat Mahonesy kind of, like, cool passing aspect, but just seeing Kyler Murray take off is is so much fun. Watching him avoid the contact, I say this every time, but watching him avoid contact, I just find crazy. Like, the way he will literally be running full speed juking people and the second someone's actually going to hit him boom on the deck is crazy like he's just, he's just a poor man's taylor heineke really oh god taylor heineke what a man actually <laughs> i changed my mind too <laughs> yeah changed my mind <laughs> yeah no nah, um kyla murray yeah yeah nice one chaps uh thorns who you got for mvp so far uh kyla murray as well like I, think, I feel like when we when we get to the end of the season justin Herbert is definitely going to be I think up there as well, but I mean they're the only undefeated team left. A lot of that's been because of Murray, and you know he does just look undefendable at times. So I don't yeah. think there's much more to say. No, uh, you'll never guess who mine is. Uh, Detective Tanny and the Big Dog. If we're throwing out nicknames <laughs> again, um, no, definitely not. Um, Kyler Murray, of course. Uh, I'm also thinking the same thing. I, I feel almost like it's cheating because the Cardinals at the current moment in time are the only undefeated team left in the NFL. And it does feel like cheating just to go the quarterback that is leading. Yeah, but we wouldn't have gone uh, we wouldn't have gone for Big Ben last year as the MVP. No, yeah, yeah, that's a very fair point. Yeah. Um <laughs> to be honest, I needed that help because I, I did feel like I was cheating. So thank you. I appreciate that. Um yeah, Kyler Murray has looked great. And I mean, statistically, not necessarily, you know, he's not leading touchdown uh, passes. He's not leading yardage. But you can just kind of tell that, kind of like the boys said, that he is leading that offense to victories, really. And an offense that potentially I was a bit, I'll be honest, a bit worried about coming into the season because I thought it was just going to be like screens to Rondell Moore um, or just like quick where the, where the hell is D-Hop. 
But um, no, I really like it. And AJ Green as well, Loki is having a resurgence. Like Christian Kirk's look great. Like Chase Edmonds is a valuable piece of that offer. Like it's looking great. Like everything's rolling and hopefully they can keep it going. I'm not going to read too much into the victory over the Rams this week. I think someone, I can't remember who I was listening to, but someone kind of said it best or described it best that um, the Rams put all their eggs into one basket to beat the world champions the week before. Uh, and they absolutely dominated the Bucks. And I think almost kind of underprepared to play the uh, Cardinals. Thank you. <laughs> the team we've just been talking about for the past five minutes. Um so, yes, yeah, so I'm not reading too much into that. And obviously, we have a return leg of that game to look forward to. And if, you know, we last week we were calling the Rams potentially the best team in the NFL. Now, if we're saying the Cardinals are the best team in the NFL, like, I'm looking forward to that rematch in the same division. Like, crazy. But, yeah, Kyler Murray for MVP. Kind of, I didn't need to say as much as I did because you guys kind of covered it all. But that's my two cents on the matter. Uh, where should we go next? Thornsey, you can pick this time. Seen as Shaps semi picked the last one. Uh, well, I don't know about you two, but we could do coach because that kind of fits. Yeah, definitely. Let's let's go coach of the year and uh, who wants to start? Uh, I'll go. This, yeah. this King's brief. I mean, it's so boring. I know it's boring, but they're the coach of the year almost always goes to the coach of the best team. and Not last year. Well, yes, last year, actually, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Um... <laughs> Not last year. <laughs> what was that? Then I realised all I was doing was calling the Browns crap. <laughs> just like us, just like me and Thorns have been doing forever. Um, yeah, I mean, the offence is clicking. They've put up a lot of points against... I don't who else they played. They played they obviously beat the Rams by a lot, put like 30 points on them, put 30 points on the Titans, beat the Jags fairly convincingly. Uh, ish, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and then that's like a game where they were behind and then came back into it and then ended up kind of cruising at the end. But I mean that's a game where the coaching is sort of shows like they didn't lose it, they stayed in it. And it was the Jags, but you know, I just think it does come back to the best team, the coach of the best team, and that'd be fifth. And it's not like he's, I don't think he's overly dependent on his players playing well. I feel like the, the play calling and all that has actually worked quite well. And the way that they built their roster as well seems to be coming together nicely. So he would be my pick at this stage. Uh, cool. I'm going to be the first person then, sort of the first kind of four picks across two awards to stray away from the Cardinals. Uh, my coach of the year. May seem slightly biased, but, you know, I think there's legitimate reasons for why uh, my coach of the year so far would be Brandon Staley. Like, the fact that the Chargers are still getting in these kind of close games, but now the tables have turned. Like, that game against the Chiefs, they would have lost last year. That game against the Raiders on Monday night, they would have lost that last year. It, even going up, if it, if it had gone the exact same up until the end of the third quarter, the Chargers would have lost that last year. There's just kind of a different belief and like, you know, obviously I'm probably on more charges media than you guys are in terms of just like kind of looking after the game and seeing what uh, coach Staley is kind of saying to the boys in the um, locker room and different things like that. And there's just, it's even down to the belief on fourth down. 
like Anthony Lynn last year, if it was fourth and one on the other team's 36, is taking the punt. Like, just Brandon Staley to put the ball in Justin Herbert's hand on fourth and nine against the Chiefs, who arguably, you know, top three, top five teams in the NFL. It's just like, yeah, my young second-year quarterback's going to make this pass. I I have full faith. Like, it's great. And the defense is ridiculous. Every team that's played the Chargers so far this season, who their quarterback, their respective quarterback, has had their worst game against the Chargers. That's Derek Carr, who was an MVP candidate, who still is an MVP candidate, realistically, if he you know carries on the way he played the first three games, uh, held to under 200 yards on Monday night. Patrick Mahomes didn't look great, held to 24 points. That Prescott held to 20 points. Like Those are three incredible quarterbacks that couldn't get the job oh well Dak Prescott did but do you know what I mean like that not against the defense it's not the defense's fault the defense are playing lights out and I'm a big fan of the work that uh Brandon Staley's doing and if he carries on and the charges you know make the playoffs get through a few rounds in the playoffs you know not that the playoffs come into that kind of the awards there but if the Chargers have a good like eleven and six season, does that add up? Yeah, eleven and six, twelve and five, something like that. Coach Staley's got to be in the conversation. So Brandon Staley for me, Shaps, who you got for Coach of the Year? Well, I hardly have any points left to talk about now. You've bloody mentioned them all, but Brandon Staley, though, like genuinely, like <laughs> the Chargers have looked like a contender this year. I said it and I'll say it again. I don't think they'll go the whole way. Don't get me wrong. I think they still need another year or two to sort of get the team clicking to be like a Super Bowl competitor. But they're going to have a solid regular season and then probably fizzle out in round one or two of the playoffs. And I think that's going to be enough to earn him the uh, the coach of the year. Like like pretty much, oh, there's not much left to talk about because Dan rattled on uh, and took all my points Sorry. and probably articulated them better than I would have. But um, <laughs> yeah, like. It's it's that fourth down is just crazy to think that he had he had the cojones to to go to go for that like the testicular fortitude involved in that decision <laughs> is commendable and I think we found the title of the episode <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it's it's commendable and the Chargers like Fawnsy said the coach of the year normally goes to the best team's coach I don't necessarily think that's the truth. I think the coach of the year goes to the uh, to the team who's had the best uh, improvement, if that yeah. makes sense. So sometimes it just goes to the best team because they're the best team. And there's but if there's a team that comes up like the Chargers, where they were what, seven and nine last year, yeah, seven and nine, and then you go like let's say twelve and five this year, which I think is a genuinely achievable achievable record for this team. You're telling me bringing in a coach that gives you an extra what five wins is that like? Yeah. I know there's an extra game, but like I think that wins it. That wins him it, and just like Dan said, just the belief you can see his players having him. Like there's a spark there in in the Chargers, you know, little. Oh dear lord! Electricity joke. <laughs> there's a spark in the Chargers that I, I don't. I, as long as I've been watching football, I've never seen. Yeah, I, I'm not going to rattle on any more Chargers points, so don't panic, everybody. But I wanted to kind of say what you were saying. Uh, about the coach of the year. And I think it's really interesting that Thornsey kind of said 
that it normally goes to the best team. Um, and I don't know if we've had that for a couple of years necessarily because we've obviously had Kevin Stefanski with, uh, what is, what's the team called again? Cleveland Bums. <laughs> You're not adding them to the Bums squad, surely. Grinding out a win against the Vikes this week. Um, yeah. Hey, win's a win. Um, we, have to wait, we have to wait for this weekend to see if, if, my, if my faith will get added to the list. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Sounded like like Australian. Eh? Yeah, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, that's getting cut. <laughs> um, yeah, we've had Kevin Stefanski. We've had Matt Nagy of the Bears. I, I think Chaps maybe put it in, in kind of the last couple of years anyway, the way it's kind of moved in, in terms of like improvement. It looks as if it's going that way. A team that's roughly kind of although they're not going to be going this way this year, but like 10 and 6, 11 and 5. So what's that this year? Realistically, 11, 6, 12, 5, probably. Is realistically going to get it if they were 7 and 9 last year. So we shall see, but interesting picks. Uh, I'll choose where we're kind of going next and uh, what direction. And I think we're going to start off with Offensive Player of the Year. I will start this time. For a change, I got someone a bit rogue here. The rest of my picks are kind of, I think, fairly generic. But I kind of offensive player of the year. This feels like kind of, especially because quarterbacks normally win the kind of MVP. This feels like either the second best quarterback or kind of you know someone that's kind of dominating one of the other stats, receiving, rushing, blah 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 blah. Um, I've gone with someone that I don't necessarily believe might win it, but it's someone that I think definitely deserves it through the first four weeks of the season. Debo Samuel I've gone with. I think he's had a disgustingly filthy start to the season. And I know he's kind of shown up in two games more than he has the other two. But keeping that uh, 49ers offense ticking over, Kittle was meant to be the guy, you know, and he's still doing all right, but not the same season that we've seen from him previous years. Brandon Ayuk was meant to be the guy. He was injured. Debo Samuel's carrying that receiver room on his back and doing a disgustingly filthy job. Um, leading the NFL in receiving yards. I think he's on for um, about 1,800 yards or something like that around that region uh, off the top of my head. Debo Samuel, keeping that San Francisco offense going in, in a division that's the best in the NFL, realistically, the NFC West. And I know they've lost a couple of that other games so far, but in a quarterback situation that's a bit murky, especially now going forward with Trey Lance, for the next couple of weeks or so. Um, I really like Debo Samuel for Offensive Player of the Year. If he keeps up that pace, yeah, why can't he win it? So Debo Samuel for me. Who wants to go next? Chaplin. You're on mute. Hi, you. Uh, as I picked Kyla Murray for MVP, I'm picking the runner-up for MVP as my Offensive Player of the Year, and that's Matt Stafford. Like, He's he's added a lot of value to that um, to that Rams team. He's added an extra dimension to their game, and yeah, he's just he he'd be bowling. Short and sweet, nice and simple. I didn't even have time to drink some of my uh, fizzy drink that I had next to me. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. At one point, then I thought you were going to say Chase Edmonds for some reason. I thought you were going to say like I don't know why, because you said. 
Kyler Murray was my MVP. I'm going to pick the second, and I don't know why. I just thought you anyway. Um, Thornsey, who you got for uh, offensive player of the year? Uh, I follow a similar train of thought, but well, kind of. Um, I feel like similar to you, Dan. I didn't want to go for a quarterback, but like, it, although it might end up being a quarterback, it feel it felt nice to not pick one. So went for Cooper Cup. I feel like he's gone from being like, you know, a slot guy who gets a lot of catches and is kind of under the radar star to being like you know, an elite wide receiver. And, like, he just, he keeps, I don't know he struggled against the cards the other day, but he still was targeted, like, like, 15 times? 11? I don't know. He had a lot of targets, and I think that shows how important he is in this system and how well he's got that, like, mind meld going with, with uh, Matt Stafford, and that'll just keep making him play better and better. And, you know, you see these great offences get a guy to be the focal point and it seems like Cups emerged as that guy in the mid-base system this year and that's that's a lot of praise and you know he has kind of gone where he's gone the rounds of went this year I know it's a bit it's a bit bold but you know he didn't show up against the Cardinals particularly they lost the game their offense didn't, didn't function he pulled out against the Bucks and the other two teams they play, I can't be asked to look them up, and you see how well the offense does. So I feel like that's kind of, you know, he is central to that offense in this. So he'd be my pick. That being said, I think like if I wasn't going to receive able to Justin Herbert. Ooh, fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sounds great. I a couple of things. The first two teams that cut played would be the Bears week one. Decent defense, not so much this year statistically, but pretty good defense. The week after the Colts, another good on paper, kind of, you know, all right defense. So he's doing it against some strong teams on paper. Um, But yeah, showing up, which is great. And I mean, kind of, it's hard to say. I think defensive stats are quite hard to say this early on because you haven't got a nice spread of teams. If you're someone that's played the Bucks, the Chiefs, etc etc like it's going to be hard to judge whether your defense is actually having a good year or not because you're playing teams where offenses are just like really really good but um yeah the other thing i thought i i was trying to think off the top of my head if matt stafford has ever actually thrown to a white receiver before because <laughs> like for ages was trying to trail him off and i was like megatron kenny Galladay, marvin jones but luckily he had the incredibly talented danny amandola last year so <laughs> all is well in the land of scrappy white guy receivers yeah yay <laughs> yeah let's go Finally, scrappy white guy receivers. We deserve our time in the sun. Just not too long because we'll get sunburned. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. Uh, We started on offensive player of the year, so we may as well um, go hand in hand with defensive player of the year. Anyone want to get this one rolling? Easy, easy. Miles Garrett. I I don't mean to be a stat merchant, but on the list of his stats, six sacks, that's first in the NFL. Uh, some of these might be tired. I mean, four of them were in one game, or four and a half of them. Four and a half, yeah. But yeah. 14 QB hits through four games. Let's not forget. 14 QB hits, 
tied uh, no yeah 14 QB hits first in the NFL seven tackles for loss tied first in the NFL the other two he's got the crown on his own and he's got 24 pressures which is tied for second in the NFL the Browns pass rush also has like a 50 8% win success on pass rush downs of getting through to the quarterback and getting either pressure or a hit or a sack, obviously. Like, my, the, man, the man got drug tested because he forgot to wear his sleeves. Like, <laughs> he's a freak. And I think, like, realistically, he could have been a contender for Defensive Player of the Year last year if he didn't get COVID and the year before if he didn't deck the halls with with uh, bouts of Holly, also known as decking Mason Rudolph with his helmet. <laughs> <laughs> I got that. That went straight over Thornsey's head. It took a minute. <laughs> um, yeah, Mars Garrett, definitely. Sorry if I've cut you off from any of but Did I cut you off That's there? That's all right. Basically, I think he's... I, I genuinely think him, him, TJ Watt, and Aaron Donald, when it comes to, like, pass rush players... There might be some secondary players he could put in a shout, but I think those three are just a class above a lot of the other players in the league at the moment. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um, if he carries on the way he's going, Miles Garrett could be kind of... Do you remember that year where it was like Aaron Rodgers versus JJ Watt for MVP and JJ Watt kind of got robbed and it would have been like the first defensive player for like... Oh, was it ever? I don't, I don't ever? think we're going to get... I don't think lot. that's ever going to be the case, Dan. Like I like Garrett, but I can't see him challenging for MVP. If he's getting around twenty-three sacks, which is very, very feasible, the Browns will be empowered to free him on by their defense. Yeah, the offensive powered Browns powered by their defense. But that's what I mean. He's got getting more defensive snaps than everybody else because the the offense is so crap. Whoa, 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 whoa! Let's not forget. <laughs> this is turned around. Um, Let's not forget TJ Watt plays for the Steelers. Yeah, to be fair, there you go. Uh, and Aaron Donald plays for a very good uh, Rams offense, and is still sick. He's fresher. <laughs> um, yeah, nice. Mars Garrett is definitely in with the show. Thornsey, I have a weird feeling that me and you might be uh, the same on this, but let's test the waters. Who you got? Trayvon Dukes. We're exactly the same. Yeah. Go ahead. Um. <laughs> I, haven't, I literally haven't done any research. Great, right, I'll take it. Five picks. <laughs> <laughs> so am I. Trevor Diggs. Um, making plays on the field. I think Dan Quinn, I think we talked about in the lead up to the season, like was one of our favourite kind of acquisitions for the Cowboys uh, over the off season. You know, the Legion of Boom, kind of the real man that came up with that. Um, not Gus Bradley, that bum. <laughs> uh only joking. He served the charge as well for a couple of years. Um, Dan Quinn, the real kind of instigator of that Legion of Boom, knows how to run a defense, couldn't quite do it in Atlanta as a head coach, but I think kind of found his niche as a defensive coordinator. And that Cowboys team that was kind of started last year was like, the offense is sick and we just got to try and score more points than the other team because the defense can't hack it. The defense is now looking disgusting. Not, you know, not taking anything away from the Cowboys offense, but the Cowboys defense is filth led by a couple of rookies and second year a, a rookie and second year player that are kind of lighting it up and Travon Diggs like five picks in four games are you serious like that's obscene like yeah. on on for what 21 essentially yeah. if he carries on this pace I'm sure he will fall off but like 
unbelievable just to be around the ball so much and like surely sorry no go ahead yeah um they've all been like momentum shifting players as well like his pick his pick six against the eagles that like you know sent that was like a huge moment in the game then the third quarter that the cowboys dominated against the panthers he came out with back-to-back picks like it's just yeah. and you and you think if, if those two are scoring drives the panthers win that game yeah exactly and i mean that was you know the third quarter was the game changing bit or what the moment that I speak. That was like the part of the game that where the Cowboys pulled away and for him to be so instrumental in it. And like we talk about, and this isn't a jab at Miles Garrett because he's actually the other name I have on my list. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Guy, but sacks and interceptions are not, like picks are way more influential. You know, you know, as a defensive back, how important a pick is compared to a sack. So like Garrett coming out again, 23, 25, 26, whatever, however many sacks he gets, it's huge. But if Diggs can get, 10 plus interceptions as the leader of the defense that that is bigger like i will i will say that uh trevon diggs was on my list mm. uh he's he's an absolute baller but i do disagree when you say sacks are less important than a good edge rusher they say the fastest way to fix a fest, uh, secondary is to improve your pass rush um oh, so to i think what thornsey's trying to say is that turnovers win matches yeah but deep like a lot you'd be surprised like, oh, let me articulate this properly. <laughs> Interceptions can come from a flustered QB, and that's yeah, where yeah, you, that, yeah. there's a lot of stats. That there's a lot of stats like pressures and QB hits that go into interceptions, but you don't realize. Do you know what I mean? Are you, are you, like, su- are you suggesting that the QB pressures are potentially more important than the sack? Is that what you're kind of suggesting? Yes. Uh, well, i words in your mouth. There. I'm suggesting that yeah, you are a little bit, but what I'm suggesting is I'm suggesting we have to think about defensive output as a cumulative total of everything they input. So, like, sacks, yes, are the most tracked stat for defensive players, but pressures and QB hits, like, you think like you think about it, like, if you're, if you're like, a quarterback that's been, just been smashed to the ground and on the next play you throw a pick, you're telling me that the two aren't related. But, no, no, don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong, that was more just me saying that I'm not just saying Garrett because of a potential high sack number. He also, le- it's not like, because you can get sacks without getting that many pressures just by like, just be like getting lucky basically. But from the fact he's leading in every category just shows dominance. Yeah. However, that being said, like I'm not trying to take away from Trevon Diggs at all. Absolute yeah. balling this season, especially considering that uh, uh, Cowboys secondary isn't too amazing outside of him, which means that, People like I'm surprised he's getting thrown at and getting chances for picks. Basically, if yeah. I'm being completely honest, you're right. Like, why would you throw near him when you've got the rest of the secondary who are so like not not saying they're bad, but they're just a big step down from him. They are bad, yeah. Let's they, be honest. They, they but like the rest of the Cowboys <laughs> has, has 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 holes in it. So why yeah. is Trevon Diggs being allowed to get picks? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's mad. I I think when you have guys like that, they just know where the ball's going to be. Uh, think he's just a very smart footballer but um yeah also kind of one last point before we move on uh to the next award um i think it's interesting that you talk about sack. i think that is kind of an interesting conversation that we just had about sacks over interceptions and which may be more important um and you think about the most recent super bowl 
uh, with the Bucks and the Chiefs, what essentially won it at the end of the day was the pass rush, and Patrick Mahomes had no time. So, you know, that's just adding another caveat, our favourite word, uh, to this kind of argument. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll leave that up to you to kind of make your own opinions on that. Uh, we've got the rookies left or the comeback player of the year. Thornsey, which way do you want to go? Um, comeback, then finish with rookies. Lush, sweet. Get us started with comeback, please. Uh, Mr. Von Miller. Oh, like it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Shaps was like bang on who he wanted. I don't know if were you picking Von? Okay, cool. I would steal your thunder. Um, <laughs> yeah, Von came recently got named defensive player of the month, which is pretty cool. Obviously, missed the whole of last season with an ankle injury, and the year before that, there was kind of questions like, is Vaughn still as dominant as he used to be? I, I feel like there's a belief that he kind of peaked in that Super Bowl win over the Pampers and has kind of been declining since then. But, you know, he's just come out this year and been one of the best edge rushers back to how he was. Four sacks in the first three games, I think. I don't know if that counted. I don't think that counted against the Ravens, so yeah, it would be the three games. And, you know, he's not just in this conversation as a comeback player, but he's in the conversation as, you know, the best defensive player evidenced by him, evidenced, evidenced by him winning defensive player of the month the other day. So, yeah, and it's great to see such an iconic player be, like, back at the top again. And I feel like that's what this award is always kind of geared towards, is, like, having that little story behind it, being like he was dominant, he didn't know if he was going to come back, and now he's showing he's back at the top of the game. I think that's quite cool. And I don't think Bradley Chubb's been playing that much this year, has he? I think he's missed most of their game. Um, which, you know, just speaks even more to, to how well Von, Von Miller's been playing. But that might need to be fact-checked. I don't know exactly how many games he's played. Well, one comment would be it's bold picking someone from the Broncos, considering the teams they've played at the start of the season. Yeah, but a comeback player doesn't mean, like, how well, how, how yeah, but no, no, I'm, I'm saying we don't know the longevity of the stats he's going to put up. Yeah, but that's not the point of this thing. It's just like how well have you played? So yeah, no, okay, true. Sorry. Apologies, apologies. But yeah, I know what you mean. Like long, long term for the rest of the season. You know, if he does drop off, then this will obviously be a uh, that's an asterisk. Thinky take. Yeah, that needs to be put on it. Yeah, definitely thorns, and I, I think um, I think you raise a good point with the fact that this normally comes with some form of story. I think back to Eric Berry a couple of years ago with his kind of return to the league from having cancer. Uh, so definitely, there's some form of story usually attached to this. But or Alex Smith as well was Alex, it was Alex Smith last year, wasn't it? And his comeback from his uh, his leg injury. So yeah, it's, there's usually something involved. So I think Von Miller is a great shout so far. Uh, I will go next. I've gone a bit more boring. Uh, my shout would have been if the Panthers had won Sam Darnold because uh, of the obvious, like everyone's like, he's a bum, probably Shaps, <laughs> the official uh, bum of bum of the week uh, sponsor. But everyone hated him in the Jets. Everyone thought he was kind of done. Everyone thought that was it. Everyone thought, oh, he'll go to somewhere else, become the starter for a bit, probably lose his job, become the backup, fall out of the league and that was kind of his story written and has come out and actually played fantastic in an offense that's got the pieces, but that's what he was missing in 
in New York. You know, he had no pieces on that offense except for one guy that's now in Carolina with him. Um, and he had a coach that's just one of the worst people to be involved in American football ever. Um, and I think we're not the only ones to say that. And that doesn't feel harsh coming out of my mouth. Uh, of course, talking about Adam Gase. Shocking. Um, but my pick after the game on the weekend has to be Dak Prescott. Comes back from a ridiculously like tough-looking ankle injury where he had those two surgeries, as we learned from Hard Knocks. Everyone thought it was just the one. It was the two, uh, where he's now got that wishbone kind of scar. And ankle is kind of the new knee, I think Shaps described it as before, in terms of injury. Like, it's a pretty tough one to return from. The Achilles the Achilles is the, is the game-ender. Well, yeah, there you go. But, you know, r- roughly the same region-ish. <laughs> um, anatomy. Booyah. Um, Dak Prescott has been lights out so far this season. The Cowboys look legit in it you know at the start of the season we said the Cowboys are definitely going to win the NFC East but it's a poor division and you know we weren't sure how many wins they were going to get that we thought it was a poor divisional round but the cow the Cowboys look legitimate Super Bowl contenders now and I think there's a genuine possibility that they could be who's who's beaten the Cowboys so far this season who was it Fox oh yeah literally week one and if it wasn't a field goal in the in the dying seconds of that game, you know, the Cowboys would be undefeated. So they are three and one, aren't they? Oh my goodness, I'm having a proper brain fart here. But either way, the Cowboys look legit. Yeah, Super Bowl contenders. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. Comeback player of the year for me. Who you got, Shaps? Uh, Joe Buzzer. Is it? I oh, know he only missed like six. Seven, it sounded though. like you said Joey Bosa first off. I no, think no, that's Joe, what the no, face that Thornsy was pulling. <laughs> I knew what you meant, but again, it went whoop, uh, over uh, Thornsy's head. So I know he missed six or seven games, or whatever it was last year, but people were literally questioning if he was going to be the same. Don't get me wrong, I don't think this is anywhere near the comeback player, the best comeback player of the year stories will always be. Eric Berry and Alex Smith. I don't think we're going to get stories as good as those again, really, in the NFL. Well, I hope we don't because it requires the amount of trauma they went through. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully we never have to have a story like that again. But people were saying Joe Burrow's career could be over after his first year. Like they were saying, like, the like the not that hit was disgusting. His leg was bent. His knee was bent in two different ways. It was horrific. He wasn't throwing until really late in the offseason. And like, yeah, like, and now he's come back and the Bengals look good. Like, it's genuinely, like, it's crazy to think in the AFC North, the Bengals are potentially the team you want to play the least at the moment after the the Browns. Because the Browns and Ravens are both, like, solid. But, like, there's something about playing the Bengals because you just don't want to lose to the Bengals because they're the Bengals. But the Bengals are good. Like, genuinely, they're good. And another solid performance on Thursday night football, uh, yeah, just sort of highlights that. But yeah, the Bengals are good, and Joe Burrow is the reason. Let's not mince our words here. He is the reason they are good. Joe Mixon's having a solid year, but Joe Mixon had solid years before, and they still went what four and four and twelve. Like he is the reason, and the way he's come back with his knee injury is outstanding. Even though he he wasn't even he was out he was only out for like seven six games but still I I just got it I just feel like Cincinnati somewhere 
are going to need some creditation for their uh, for their outstanding season, and I think it could go to Joey Burrow. Uh, do you know what? I love that show. I, it's someone that I wouldn't have thought of, Joe Burrow, but someone that I love watching on Sundays and Thursdays or Mondays, depending on when they're playing. <laughs> um, but mostly Sundays because it's on an appropriate time, British time. Love Joey Burrow. Think he's doing a great job, and it's quality to see the Bengals doing well. Cool. We move on to the offensive rookie of the year and the defensive rookie of the year. Let's start on let's start on defense just for a change. It always gets listed as like offensive rookie, defensive rookie, because uh, you need to score points to win the game. But you you know you need to stop team scoring. So let's start off with defensive rookie. Uh, chaps. Right. Don't hate me. But I'm oh, going to okay. He's playing more week by week. He's now, because of the injuries in the Browns linebacker room, looking like he's going to be the starter now. So he's already starting by week four. He's trending upwards and he's and he's getting like consistently, he's consistently being graded, even though he's on lower snap counts, as one of the highest performing linebackers every week he was getting those grades. So now he's now he's going to be a starter playing the majority of defensive snaps. Well, maybe not the majority because of the way the Joe's system works. Just so much rotation in the linebacker position. But he's going to be playing a lot of defensive snaps. And he's going to be on the field. And the way he plays is splashy. And like we said, like a lot of these awards come down to stats or splash or highlight reels. JOK is someone who's going to have both. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, don't get me wrong, there's a couple solid contenders. I will li- I would list through people who I think could also get it, but um, I don't want to sort of preempt your picks. I'll let you make your cases. JOK is probably not the front runner at the moment, but now he's officially, I think, a starter. I think you're going to see his, his, uh, his name in lights more and more each week. And that's the reason for me, at the quarter, se- at the quarter mark of the season, is the perfect mark for a rookie to sort of be establishing their starting position to get that run going. Sweet. Yeah, nice pick. He's been having a great start to the season. I think, like you said, there's a couple of guys here. Uh, Thornsey, who you got for defensive rookie of the year? Mark Parsons. Just, I mean... The obvious one, you're boring. Yeah, it is obvious. Um... Well, it's going to be Nate Hobbs, but he he went from cooking to getting cooked. Oh, that was rubbish. Um, um, yeah, it was no, it's never going to be Hobbs. I was joking with that. You know, Parsons has come in. He's displaced two people that we thought would be entrenched starters this time last year: Leighton Van Der Esch, Jaden Smith. He's just been one of the best players on the field in every game he played as a rookie and he's had to switch positions and it still was one of the best players in the game. I think that was against the Chargers? No, the Eagles? I can't remember. I really can't remember anything about the season. Uh, he was the Chargers. He played edge rusher and he ruined Storm Norton. He had like nine QB pressures or something obscene. Yeah. So, it's just, I mean, JOK is great and he's coming in and his snaps are going up, like you say, and, and when you look at his tape, Oh my goodness, he's a missile. But I mean, Michael Parsons has already established himself as possibly the best player 
I'm not going to say that because it's going to completely contradict the Defensive Player of the Year that we just spoke about. But he's already established himself as one of the best players on that Dallas unit. And, you know, I just don't think there's there's enough competition from, like, someone playing full snaps, except Sante Samuel Jr. But can't talk about Charles after what he did to us on Monday. <laughs> um, funny enough, that leads perfectly into what I'm about to say. Um, I've gone with Micah Parsons. <laughs> uh, I was tempted here by Asante Samuel Jr. Uh, I can't remember if Shap said him or not. You, you might have mentioned him pre-recording, or you might have. Mentioned I uh, him refused to comment, but no, no, no. On, my- no, I was going to say on Greg Newsom. Oh right, uh, you were going to say. Greg- Greg Newsom is very solid, but I think Asante Samuel Jr. is probably playing at a slightly higher level at the moment. Yeah, I think so. I think especially Chris Harris is currently inactive for the Chargers as well. So um, I think he might even be a low-key healthy scratch. I don't know. I don't know if he's actually hurt or whatever, but it's nice having Asante Samuel there to kind of, and he fits perfectly into that brand Staley kind of style offense, like ball hawk, guys around the thing, making plays. But yeah, I'm going with Micah Parsons. So far, statistically, probably the best. You know, it's a stat-driven kind of award, uh, similar to when Darius Leonard won it a couple of years ago. Micah Parsons is kind of the obvious uh, pick for me. Yeah, I think that rounds up quite nicely. We chucked some names out there, but yeah, that rounds up. Who we probably are going to see end up winning it if it carries on the way it is. Uh, offensive Rookie of the Year... Either of you want to go first on this one? I'm happy to. Lovely stuff. Thanks, Thorns. So I'm going to go with Rashawn Slater. Ooh. Um, I'm just double-checking. They normally they normally do offensive and defensive rookie of the years, don't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They there's is there's like a different one. Is it like Pepsi rookie of the year? That's kind of like a different one. I I don't really understand it, but yeah, there is an offensive and defensive rookie. You're going for alignment. Yeah. Is this yeah, of the ESPN rankings that they did last week or the week before? Um, not, I mean not entirely. I mean, sorry, I'll let, play. I'll let you watching him. Watching him play, I, I, obviously, a lot of what we kind of talk and how we say it is never like a primary opinion a lot of the time. But I can't speak for you two, but a lot of the time, if I say something on here, it's because I've read it from somewhere else. And I know Daniel Jeremiah is huge, is a huge fan of Rashawn Slater, and he's also a Chargers fan, so I think it kind of connects. But I thought you were going to say, I've emptied the playbook, then I'm just like, damn right, he is. Imagine, imagine, no, but you come in left tackle. Right, left tackle, left tackle, and you start your first four games and play at an incredibly high level as a plug and play starter at number 13. And I was thinking about it the other day, watching the Chargers play the Raiders, watching Alex Level give away multiple penalties and get just beaten and abused by Joey Bosa on most snaps, and thinking, how are these two guys picked like four picks apart? And this, the, you know, the difference in standards is that high. Um, and, you know, like your reaction said, like we don't really, linemen don't really get recognised for these kinds of awards that often, especially not like 
offensive lineman or like an interior D lineman or anything. And because it's so stat driven, you never really see that. But I think this is where this year, or, oh my God, why can't I speak? This quarter season award show, which is a monumental award ceremony in the NFL calendar, has a chance to change that by showing that picking up not only a plug and play left tackle, but a guy who's coming straight into the league at a Pro Bowl level. level I mean, he has to be, I, I think he's the number one pick in that sense. And first game, Nick Bosa. Oh, where? Oh my God, that was Tanisio. Oh my goodness. Anyway, he's played really well. <laughs> I want to uh, I want to add to that quickly. Firstly, there's no way if Quinton Nelson didn't win Offensive Rookie of the Year in his rookie year, a, a, a rookie lineman's going to win the award unless there's literally no other rookies performing at any level. Secondly, sorry, just before you vote, I want to give a shout out to Northwestern. Uh, not normally a team you think about much in the draft prospect rankings, but they produce Slater and Greg Newsom, both of whom have been plug and play starters in the NFL at a high level, which for like a smaller school is crazy to see two players either side of the ball, both pick up in the first round, both put straight into their teams, thrown in the deep end, starting day one, and both performing at a really high level, which for a small school is very nice to see. Yeah, yeah, I do, I do completely agree that Quentin Nelson had like, I think it was all pro as a rookie or yeah. something. Yeah, so then to, that's a high ceiling, but I don't know. I feel like this this year, I guess tackles a more saucy position than guard potentially. I don't even. I just. I just think he's come in. He's played so well as a rookie, and like Saquon came in as like a an icon from the from the get go, and Baker Mayfield then set the rookie touchdown record and all these kind of things. And I just. I don't know. I have a feeling. And if I'm in charge, that's where it's going. Nice. I. I think the real tester for it is literally going to be this week because obviously the Chargers face the Browns and we've already talked about the kind of premier edge rusher this year, which is Miles Garrett. If he can have a better... Clowny on the same. <laughs> so he's got one of the two. Clowny's a clown, it's fine. Um, um, yeah, that wasn't very good. I'm sorry, everybody. I, don't, I only think he's got one sack all year, to be fair. Even so. Yeah, I mean, Miles Garrett's definitely getting there first. So if he is getting there, <laughs> the guy's already on the floor. Two sacks. Uh, he's got two sacks. No, through, I mean, through, through four against Chicago, and who didn't get a sack against Chicago? I mean, through four games. So if we average that out to sixteen games, well, seventeen games, that's what eight point five. Realistically, you'll, you'll take that from your second pass rushing option. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it will mean he's still never had over a ten sacks in a season, which yeah. I think is crazy considering how we talk about him. I guess he he does a lot of work in the run game. Like he's probably one of the best run stop DNs in football. Which doesn't, I think, get enough recognition. But anyway, we've moved kind yeah. of quickly away from the topic. Um, yeah, the real tester is going to be this weekend. I mean, you say, yeah, I don't know, kind of if Garrett and Clowney swap or if they stay on their respective sides. Uh, I think Garrett kind of kind kind of rotates into kind of the middle of the uh, yeah, he likes to go line to tackle well. sometimes. Um, I mean, let's. I'll be perfectly honest. I would imagine that Mars Garrett will probably be having a field day against Storm Norton this weekend, the right tackle. Um, so we'll see a lot of that. But if Rashawn Slayer does get those snaps, those will be the ones to see because he dominated Chase Young week one. Um, you know, and he, like you said, he's been great to watch. Max Crosby was quiet against the uh, Chargers on Monday night. 
uh, I was going to say Micah Parsons, but he played on the other side. Um, who was the other team that Chargers faced? The Kansas City Chiefs. Well, the Kansas City Chiefs don't have a defense, so they don't count. But um, yeah, who you got? Who was your pick? Sorry, Shaps, did you say? Uh, no, I haven't yet. Oh, yeah, please go ahead with your offensive. I think record. I'm going for the easy pick on this one. I said the Bengals are going to get some love somewhere. And I'm doubling down on that. I know I said I'm giving it to Joey Burrow in the comeback player, but I just, like I said, for a lot of the same reasons, Jamar Chase is again, like like we said of it last week, people were questioning him coming in, like they were making jokes at him because he made the rather silly comment about, well, the ball's not got stripes on it, which is sort of on him. Like at the point you start making an excuse like that, you're just asking to be get make, uh, getting made a meme of. However, that being said, he's coming. he's come in, when it matters, he's turned up and he's playing well. He's he's sort of established himself as a dominant receiver in the NFL straight away. He's got that speed. He's got he's got that catching ability, contrary to preseason beliefs. And yeah, he, he's got fairly smooth route running as well. So, like, he's a very he's just a very nice option. Like, I don't know if Fawnsy wants to add more to that because I can see him nodding along. Yeah, well, I was just going to say he's like a true number one receiver. Yeah. Like size, speed, hands. He has that alpha kind of playing style. And I don't know how, and I really would, would have loved to found out for when back when we were playing, but he has this ability to win on deep routes that I've just never, like, look at his touchdown against the Steelers, I think. And he's covered, 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 covered. And then as soon as the ball gets within like five yards of him, he just creates like three yards of separation and catches it. And it's like, it blows my mind because he did it all the time in college. And I don't know how he does it. I, it's incredible. I think it's a case of he plays with that extra gear in the bag. So like rather than running full speed the whole time and letting the safety get overhead, I think because it's sort of like, not to toot my own horn, but not being the fastest, like that's sort of how I try to like to play. It's very Alvin Kamara-esque. Where you wait until you wait, you wait until the last moment, and you can turn up a gear. And that was always my thing. Not that my top speed was ever anything good. I was going to say you compare yourself to Alvin Kamara. <laughs> no, I'm saying my ability to suddenly turn up a gear. So I went from first to second gear. However, rather than uh, Alvin Kamara and Jamar Chase, what, about five to six. ten miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> oh, funny you think I could run as fast as that. <laughs> Touche. I mean, to be fair, Thornsy described me as defensive back earlier, and I mean, I low key played that position at uni, but I don't know if I would call myself uh, a defensive back. I was kind of on the field for that kind of. Uh, I suppose that was. But anyway, I was. sorry, not to get distracted. <laughs> I, I do agree what you said. I brought you in there because I thought you'd have a more technical receiver standpoint on it, Fawnsy, rather than me just sort rather of than, rather than he gets open. in the route is is so hard. No, 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 no. no. I, I was no, I was saying I I wanted. I was saying I liked oh, your. Input. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, okay I was. I, I wasn't calling you. <laughs> I input. thought you were a roast. Never seen so no, defensive. No. <laughs> It's good. Oh, it's good. That was, is no, 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 no. I was saying I'm glad because you were saying that those are the points that I was trying to articulate but couldn't. And obviously, you're more receiver <laughs> oriented, so I know you'd be you'd be someone's bringing on the case. But yeah, like like you said, like sorry, two seconds. I think me and Shaps have definitely had a few war of words on these podcasts. I think that's the most angry I've ever seen Thornsey at anything. <laughs> Do you did you just diss the fact that I didn't give a technical review of no, something? No, I, I did give a technical <laughs> review. Still going. That, that's what annoyed <laughs> me. I'm agreeing with you, Thorns. 
I thought you just, yeah, I know, I know, but I, I thought you just turned around and went, well, oh, fuck you, that didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> and we're I explicit. <laughs> oh, this is all getting cut. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> not. No, it's <laughs> not. Why? Anyway, Shabs, oh. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Jamar Chase. After Thornsey's somewhat technical review. Uh, yes. Yeah, no, basically, for a lot of the reasons Thornsey said, like, the transition, like, there's a lot of guys who can get open deep in college that struggle to get open deep in the NFL because sort of the next level speed, they're no longer playing against corners who are running four eights. All the corners in the NFL are running, realistically, four twos to four, to four sixes. Well, most are. Most starting outside corners have to have that sort of speed. If, and if not, they'll beat you on the press. But, like, or they'll play so sticky, you struggle to get open and have the over-the-top help. But, like, the, to see someone translate that ability is rare. Like, there's not many players who can step in the league and be a true deep ball threat straight away, but do it with more than just raw speed. Do it with that sort of change of gear, that sort of route running ability and tracking of the ball in those situations when they're open. To sort of bring it all together is a nice rare blend. And I think he's part of the reason for Joe Burrow's Joe Burrow's sort of resurgence and I think it really helps that part of the reason why he's hit the ground running is obviously the fact that he's not getting thrown to by a new quarterback he's getting thrown to by a quarterback he's played with like it's it's the easiest transition into the NFL a receiver could ask for to literally get their college quarterback who's who, that's, who they know exactly how they're going to throw to they know exactly how you're going to run your route but like we dissed the pick quite heavily but like fair play Bengals like as long as Joe Burrow doesn't die like Fair play. Joe Burrow is probably going to die. But, and like you said, we kind of said they needed to take a tackle. But they took Jamar Chase. And, and, and realistically, we I think we knew, even though we felt like it was the wrong choice, we knew that Jamar Chase was suddenly in with a shout of this award. Uh, I'm doubling down on Jamar Chase. I wanted to go somewhere else. Uh, I wanted to go potentially Najee Harris. I think if we were a few more weeks down the line, Maybe we talk about a Mac Jones that's been kind of solid, but he's not, you know, lighting up any stats. But no one is kind of really lighting up the stats so far this year just yet. I think someone's going to kind of come into their own. It could be Najee Harris. Someone I want to give a rogue shout to, who I just really like as an offensive rookie, isn't going to win this award, um, but I think is going to be potentially a lead back in a couple of years. Javante Williams of the Broncos. That guy's a beast. I don't know if you kind of saw his play where he took like four players with him on the weekend against the Ravens, whose defense is like good, like unbelievable. I think it's going to be the same situation as like when Melvin Gordon was in uh, LA with the Chargers that a five foot eight kind of beast of a running back is just going to take his job at some point. I think it's going to be the exact same situation. I love Javante Williams. He's great. Uh, But I'm doubling down on Jamar Chase. I think you kind of covered all the important points, but I think, one of the most important things for me in terms of his play and why he's so good, not necessarily in terms of this award, but just why he's going to be an NFL player for a long time. I think Thornsey kind of covered this with his kind of separation down the field is his red zone threat ability. Like the guy's got a touchdown, I think every single week now, one, at least one. Um, and that's something that separates, you know, guys that get these receptions, get the yardage guys like Keenan Allen that have never been put in that kind of top, and Cooper Cup that have never been put in that top, and Debo Samuel that haven't been put in that kind of top conversation, are getting those touchdowns. 
like that's the difference between I think kind of being you're a pretty good receiver getting the receptions getting the yards going over a thousand yards is getting those touchdowns and if you can be that threat you can be that target you can get open in the important areas on the field Jamar Chase can do that and I know a couple of his touchdowns so far I think he's got five through the first however many weeks through the first four weeks I might be wrong on that it might be four but two of those have been kind of deep bombs but at least two of them have been in the red zone like off the top of my head anyway I might be completely wrong so apologies if this is a fake stat but that's important getting those touchdowns and he's getting them is you know so yeah Jamar Chase for me and that wraps up awards season the illustrious quarter season awards are in the books we have absolutely nailed it all of our predictions are spot on that makes no sense because we pick different people <laughs> uh you know you win some you lose some right that's the kind of review section we kind of got some reviews in there of the week uh of the week four games talked about a couple of different games and different things in there and how some guys showed up like for example kyler murray playing against the rams etc etc brandon staley getting it right against the raiders sorry thorns that's the, the last time probably um gotta rub it in while we got it um now it's time to move on to the preview section and this kind of stage pretty much the same we kind of rattle off this week's fixtures uh this week's slate of games this is going to be so, so much faster when teams start having buys <laughs> um but we've got a full 16 game slate starting off on thursday night we're going to go around the circle circle <laughs> the conversation <laughs> i literally am i'm so sorry that i'm a teacher uh, <laughs> we're gonna go around the oh, circle your kids parents yeah oh, we're gonna go around the circle and say two things that have gone well today and one thing we wish went better um no we're gonna go around and each suggest who we think's gonna win each of those games and this is a game that i wish was on th- on sunday night because i could watch it uh, I mean, I could record this game and watch it, but the you know the result is ruined by Bleacher Report DMing me in the middle of the night. Um, Do you know what? Sorry to interrupt. Ooh, it's actually the worst because I, I work Sunday morning. Obviously, we all work. I don't know why I said me specifically. But it's all about work. you, Thorns. Yeah, sorry. You work the least. This is like when you said you have an <laughs> early morning when you have to get up at ten. Hey, cut that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we all work. So this is, but personally, I work all day Fridays every week, which is tough. You know, you work a whole day once a week. A whole day. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah, Like, how are you here doing this right now? Like, man, it's it's late. I've got to be up early in the morning at 10. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So because we, we work, all day Fridays it means sometimes you'll record the game and then like you can't watch it in the morning obviously again this is something you two are aware of and relate to but you then spend the whole day not look not being able to look at your phone because yeah. it's like I don't want to know the result because it's recorded for when I get home and so you spend the whole day but only get a break it's oh yeah I've got 10 minutes off I just go on my phone oh wait no I can't yeah. I can't use anyway yeah Good point. And <laughs> you hard worker, you. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's a shame this week because the Thursday night game this week could be very, very interesting. We start off our 
previews this week or our predictions with the LA Rams traveling to the Pacific Northwest to face the Seattle Seahawks. Two divisional games in a row for the LA Rams. Who wants to kick us off? Rams versus Seahawks. Uh, I will. Thanks, Shams. The Rams will look really good this year. The Seahawks haven't. I think the lack of star power outside of Wilson is really starting to show. And, yeah, basically they've been over-reliant on Russell Wilson. And now I think it's just got to the point where Russell Wilson isn't able to bring up the level as much as as he was used to. I don't. I wouldn't say he's having a down year. I'm just saying he's having a less heroic year of carrying the team single-handedly because he's just not been able to do that this year. And it's not really on him. It's on the fact that they never addressed the fact that their wins were coming from, a lot of the time, him single-handedly carrying them with then Metcalf making some good catches. And Carson, who I think is the most overrated running back in the NFL. Ooh, um, overrated. Overrated. I'm not a fan of Carson. Oh, that's fun. No way. I, I I love that little sound bite there. That's naughty. Um, sorry, Thorns. I know you probably wanted to go next, but I'm gonna jump in just ahead of you. Uh, I agree with Shaps. I was tempted to go the Seahawks here, but also, yeah, I think that uh, I mean they've always been too over reliant on Russ, but I think it's just too much now. It's too much of a burden to bear. Um, obviously with the Rams having a short week, they kind of, I mean, they took the weekend off against the Cardinals anyway. So um, I, I, I think the Rams win this. I think Seattle aren't kind of the same team. They, they, you know, they've got Metcalf and Lockett who are ballers, but yeah, Carson is not doing as much. I don't know if I'd go overrated as much as Shep's, but I'm not, you know, I don't think Carson is much of a game winner as he could be. Maybe that's the offensive line as well, not giving them as much help as possible. But um, yeah, Rams for me. But you got Thorns? Uh, yeah, Rams as well. Um, you also think Carson's overrated? No, no. I mean, no. He's a beast. He's one of the best power backs in the NFL. Like, Why are you this easy to wind up today? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. Know. He's, he's, got, he's, he's still start today. <laughs> yeah. I had an early start. Yeah, I had to get out of the house by 11 today. So. <laughs> I think it's because the microphone's closer. So I normally react like this, but normally you don't hear it because it's further away. <laughs> so now everything's like amplified and it makes me sound a lot worse. You're, giving, right. away the, you're giving away the illusion of how the podcast is filmed. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm really angry today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the way you said it I'm really angry today um, yeah, furious <laughs> I'm furious uh, Rams Rams uh, yeah I think they're going to bounce back I think it'll be it's always a really good game when these two teams play so definitely you know a good prime time matchup and really excited to see Jaden Ramsey against DK Metcalf because that never fails to never fails to disappoint never fails to not disappoint. <laughs> Never fails to amaze. That's the one. Thank you. There you go. Uh, nice. Cool. We're coming straight back to you, Thorns, for the first game in the six o'clock slot, or sorry, British time, uh, of the Sunday night games. I'm intrigued to see who you pick here because it's the New York Jets at the Atlanta Falcons. It's in London, isn't it? And it's in London. Mm. Is it? Oh, actually, I tell a lie. It's not it's six o'clock. kicked off in London. <laughs> 
<laughs> you just put yourself on mute. <laughs> he put himself in. <laughs> uh, that wasn't me. Um, yeah, sorry. Quickly, before you say whatever you're about to say, Sheps, it's not 6 o'clock. It's 2.30 British time, so 7.30 Eastern time. It really annoys me, though, when they do That's that. That's not right like, either. It's 9.30 <laughs> British time. <laughs> Eastern time. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Right. I appreciate them making the London games more watchable, but when they don't time up with the other games, it aggravates me because then, like, it just ruins the like whole red zone experience. It also affects my ability to do any work on the weekend. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because that's it's not seven seven hours of commercial. Although I was going to get tickets to ten. Like, (laughs) I was going to get tickets to one of the London games this year, but I decided it wasn't worth the money considering all the teams playing in them are dog. Yes, correct. There's collective two wins so far. No, three. Whoever got the Jets v Falcons, I thought that would be like a game that people yeah. would have seen. We how do we how do we attract oh, fans, right? Okay, let's take the worst team in the NFL and take a team that's probably going to be the worst team, one of the worst teams of the NFL, and let them face off for the first overall pick. It's not even like they like have surprisingly been bad this year. They were both the two two of the worst teams last year as well. Oh man. Anyway, who's winning this game? Sorry. Um, at, at whatever time Eastern. <laughs> the... Remember the, the Jets won last week. The Jets beat the Tennessee. Just should have been tied. <laughs> I don't think that's even a logical argument anymore because it's happened so many times this season already that teams are like missed field goals to, to lose games or win yeah. games. Um, um, it's tough, isn't it? This one. It is really tough. I'll go with Jets. Just, uh, I knew I I'd know. go with him. I, I don't know why. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, I, I'm going to take over here. Uh, our, the Atlanta Falcons, because they're the better of two teams. I think Zach Wilson got lucky against the Tennessee Titans team that seem a bit kind of all over the shop at the minute. You don't know what kind of Tennessee Titans team you're going to get. Uh, the Falcons take this one, but they're not great. <laughs> Shaps, who you got? The Falcons, the New York Bums. <laughs> like a broken clock's right twice a day. <laughs> and the New York Bums can win a game in a in a perfect storm where the two best receivers from the other team are both injured, uh, and their kicker misses a field goal, and their coaching was ridiculously bad that game, in my opinion. Mike Vrabel, who's normally someone I'm a fan of, was just he 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 didn't have a good game. I didn't like how he called the game. I didn't like much about what he was doing. I think he got too scared by the lack of Julio and. Um, AJ Brown. Yeah. But yeah, I I thought Mike Vrabel was he's not the bum of the week, but he was a contender last week. So, and some other like, coach did some dodgy uh yeah, whoa, 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 let's leave it. Let's leave it. <laughs> but yeah, the New York Bums, like yes, they could they could win one or two more games this year, but let's face it, like the chance of them winning a game is like getting struck by lightning. Yeah. It's just one of those things that might happen occasionally, but you don't really think about it. I'm sure you will if it if it happens to you, mind. <laughs> well, a lot. Please say the Jets are playing the Browns. <laughs> we played in the last two years, so I probably I doubt we will. No, it, yeah, it, unless you're playing the AFC East this year, which I don't think you are. No, I, I, I think the. Uh, I think we've got the Giants this year, though. The other New York. Oh, Daniel Jones. That will be a game. 
Hey, he was the uh, NFC Offensive Player of the right, Week. Right, anyway, sorry. Yeah. We, we, need to, we need to stop spending an hour on the review on the preview section. <laughs> We've got through two and we've been talking for about 15 minutes. Um, I will add very, very quickly at the end of this fixture, the Falcons are a tight Taylor Heineke away from being on the same record as the Kansas City Chiefs. So, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Anyway, next game, actually at 6 p.m. British Standard Time or 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Eastern Time. I don't know. Uh, um, the Detroit Lions are at the Minnesota Vikings. I think the Minnesota Vikings got a bit of a humbling against the Browns in terms of offensively. Um, I have a weird feeling this is one of those kind of pendulum games, I suppose you can call it, where it can go either way. Um, we should copyright that. A pendulum game could go either way. That's naughty. Thank you. Stop clapping, boys. Pen- <laughs> we Swings back and forth. <laughs> okay, there you go. Like, what's a pendulum? No, no, pendulums, you know which way they're going, though. No, well, back and forth. Yeah. So you don't don't know which way it's going. You know which way it's uh, going. Yeah, right, fine. Touche. Um, anyway, I know this is going to be back and forth. <laughs> uh, the Detroit Lions take this for me. I just have a weird feeling. Uh, Shaps, who you got here? It's a tough one because I really, I, I really like showing the Lions some love. I don't know why, considering I really don't like Jared Goff. I think it's because I've got this weird attachment to deandre uh swift 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 <laughs> swifty let's get swifty we've reached the point in the podcast now where we're all going a bit loopy yeah we keep doing this uh anyway uh deandre swift i don't know what it is but i've got some sort of sentimental attachment to him for some unbeknownst reason i think it's because i pick him up in every fantasy league every year <laughs> And I think that's the only that's the only reason for the whole two years he's been in the league. Yeah, I've owned him. You sound like he's like a ten year vet. (laughs) Yeah, but I've owned him. I've owned him. Considering he's been in the league two years, I've owned him five times. Yeah, fair play. Like, and that's every single time. That's every single league I've been in. Um, But God, if someone tries to take him before me, I'm gonna have to trade away like my my first round pick for him. Who, who's it might be a first team? round pick next year. Anyway, what was I saying about spending too long in the preview section? Uh, Vikings still win. After all of that, Vikings still win. Uh, Dalvin Cook, I think, is supposed to be fully fit for this game. That that Vikings offense was, even if he's not, Madison was balling without him. Like that Vikings offense, I said it last week. Going into last week, there were two players away from being three and zero. Obviously, they they were they're two players away from being three and one now. I still think that Vikings team is a lot better than the record shows. Yes, they started against the Browns, but you've got to remember that their defense, who is supposed to be the shocking part of the team, held out a Browns offense, which I know some of you don't like, but I like. Um, and they played a really good defense last year, which is why uh, last week, which is why they bolted a bit. I think they'll be back this week. Easy win for the Vikes. Yeah, fair. Uh, yeah, Vikings too. Also, you know. As such a hard-working person, it's actually the, the first time I'll get to sit down and watch Red Zone this season. To be fair, you are... Well, I presumed you've been working because you are incredibly quiet when Red Zone is on. Especially this week, Chaps, I think you were doing something too. I was very much... I, uh, I listened to it over the radio while I was dri- I was driving back, so I had to listen uh, to it over the radio. I felt, ve- I felt very lonely 
talking about red zone to myself. I, yeah, you I, said I, you said like what a hit, and then it was just dead silence in the chat. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was really sad. Anyway, uh, so next game is the New Orleans Saints at the Washington Football Team. The Saints, for me, I think I talked about a couple of weeks ago. Are so up and down. I said they'd lose to the Giants last week. Um, and again, I think they bring it back this week. I, wa- I want to say the Washington football team, but I think they had kind of their win last week against the Falcons, just. But I think the Saints' uh, defense is obviously a lot better. I think the Saints will kind of hold them in check enough for Jameis to make enough plays. But I mean, they kind of relied on Taysom Hill a bit more on the weekend. So who knows? But I've got the Saints here with Winston having a, a steady game. Thorns, who you got? Uh, I'll say the... The Wooft. <laughs> the Wooft. Uh, the Wooft. No, yeah. Well, I think Washington, I said it last week, so I'm just going to say it every week until it happens. This is going to be the week where their defence steps up and shows us why it's such an elite unit. Fingers but, crossed. I like I like that defence, but they've been pretty poor. Just, yeah, they've been really struggling. And I really thought against the Falcons last week, that would be the chance to get going, and it wasn't. Um but yeah, no, I'll still go with them. Heineke, I'm buying in. And Terry McLaurin as well, man. Jeez. Yeah, that guy's a beast. Uh, I can't buy into that defense just yet, which is why I think the Saints will win. Uh, Shapland? I, I'm a big fan of the football team offense. Mm-hmm. But, and for that reason and that reason only, I'm going football team. I, I think Tyler Heineke is genuinely... Taylor. Taylor, t- Tyler, Taylor. I've done it a couple Taylor, of times. I think of Taylor, Tyler, Stye. <laughs> um, I think I think he's I think he's genuinely really underrated. Like I was listening to uh, I was listening to the like I said I was listening to the radio. So they were sort of doing the commentary, but also talking about it as well as they were going through. And they were saying, "Ah, oh, Tyler Heineke might play his way into a into a into a low tier starting role next year." I was like, "No." Did you realise he's twenty eight as well? I thought he was okay. like twenty four. I thought he was. I thought he was really young. This kind of invalidates my point. I was like, no, I think well, that's young for a quarterback. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh no, but I, I genuinely think he is a solid starter in this league. Like he, they were talking about, like, oh, he can play his way into a high end backup role, like Marcus Mariota or like a low end starter. And I was like, that's insulting. Like the way he's, whenever he's been given the chance, he's played well as far as I've seen, really. Yeah. So definitely. like, I, I like the football team, and I like. Uh, Heineke, so yeah, football team. Great. On a two-year, four million dollar contract. Yeah, that's, that's not he signed him from the CFL or XFL. XFL, XFL yeah. I think. Yeah, well, he did a one-year and then now signed a two-year contract. It's back in February. Even sorry for for like good backup QB. That's that's nothing. No, it isn't. Um, someone I'm excited to see hopefully work out in the league is PJ Walker from the Panthers. But, you know, anyway, that was just a quick side caveat. Uh, next game, the New England Patriots at the Houston Texans. Chaps, who you got? Uh, Patriots at Texans. Patriots, until until Tyra Taylor's back, I can't see the uh, Texans winning a game with, I don't mean to be rude, but like rookie starting QB. He's not like just he's not like a high draft pick rookie starting QB. He's a rookie starting QB that's literally starting because he's yes. what's left on the depth chart. Like I don't mean to be rude, but he's not he's not a start an NFL starter. And without like a quarterback, you can't really win a game. So yeah, fair. Thorns. 
Patriots. Yeah, short and sweet. I'm the Patriots too. I think this could be the Mac Jones where they kind of say, the Mac Jones game where they kind of say, let's let him loose. And like, because he was so yeah. good again, he was actually really, really good against the Bucks on the weekend. Like, really good. Like, really solid. No turnovers. Uh, two touchdown passes. And he was making play. It wasn't like he was making the easy plays. Like, he was making decent plays as well. So, I think they kind of say, let's let, as long as they go a couple of touchdowns up or something, they'll say, let's let Mac loose. Um, yeah. So, for me, the Patriots as well. I feel for Davis Mills because that is a tough situation, but. It is what it is. Um, I also found it really interesting that against the Bills last week where they lost 40 nil, they kind of kept Davis Mills on like a simple play. Like they didn't say like, let him, go. like he's clearly not there to win the starting job, like going forward. They're clearly going to, you know, be taking a quarterback in the draft realistically. And they didn't just say like, go out, have fun. You know, we're, we're like a clearly, a re- like clearly a rebuilding team. They still kept him on like a short leash. Like, what's the point? Like, just let him play. Anyway, and they scored no points for it. So in the, like, you know, you can be like, oh, it was awful Buffalo weather, but Buffalo scored 40. I know they're a much better team, but like, oh, stupid. Anyway, uh, the Miami Dolphins take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. Ugh, Miami Dolphins. I think I've used that sound to describe them for the last two weeks, maybe. Um, the Bucks kept it close against the Pats. But it ain't happening this week. I could see the Bucks scoring. The the Bucks win this week could be similar to the Bills week last week against the Texans. I think the Bucks win by about twenty this week. Uh, Shaps, a win for the Brady bunch. Sweet Thorns. Yeah, Who did the Dolphins play last week? The Colts. Oh yeah. 27-17, and they ran them to the, like, yeah, they literally just beat, like, beat them up front. Like, Wentz didn't have to do a lot, really. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, sweet. Uh, check if Leonard Fournette's available in fantasy. Surely not. Um, surely he's taken. He was the lead back, really, coming into the year. For them. Anyway. Uh, next game, we have the Green Bay Packers traveling to Shaps's Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> Shaps, who you got in this one? Packers at Bengals. Bengals. Sweet. I told you, I'm buying in Bengals this year. I'm not going to go into too much details because I've been for a rival team from the same division as me. I've already <laughs> shown them too much love this point. But yeah, Bengals. And there's something about the Packers. Like, I was really big on the Packers this year with the whole last dance thing. But there's something that just has seemed off. Like, I've not been yeah. overly convinced with them at any point. No, me neither. Don't get me wrong. I think a loss to the Bengals might give Aaron Rodgers that last little kick he needs to go. Let's go. And then make him angry, Rodgers. <laughs> but like, yeah, no, I'm just not too convinced in the Packers yet. And I'm convinced on the Bengals, so. Fair enough. Uh, I am convinced on the Bengals, but yeah, yeah, I think the Packers win this one. Colin Cowherd had, I mean, you know, you, do, you never want to buy too much into Colin Cowherd's stock, uh, as Shaps has made it abundantly clear lots and lots of times, but has got the Packers as the third best team in the NFL like right now. And I was like, oh, I know they're three and one, but they have not looked that good. Like the Chargers were in 10, the Raiders weren't on the list. Like, like what? 
Like the Bucks were six. Like, <laughs> come on. Like, let's be realistic. Um, he does his rankings. He said it before. He only ranked teams off quarterbacks. So like he's ranked like he doesn't care about the rest of the team. Yeah, weird. Anyway, sorry, but uh, even though they have been hit and miss, they kind of dominated the Steelers last week, who have been poor. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think the Packers will, will do the Bengals this week. Thorns. Yeah, same. What Packers? Yeah, Packers. Colin Coward is a penis. <laughs> uh, lovely. Summed up not the penis aspect of it. <laughs> Fun point. Um, right. The Denver Broncos travel to the Pittsburgh Steelers in what is going to be a very defensive, strong performance, I think. Uh, from both teams. I think this could be quite low scoring. This could be like a, a 17-14 or 14-10 or something like that. Um, I think the De- the Broncos kind of hit a brick wall last week with the Ravens. And so, like, you know, you start 3-0 and and they kind of start losing and the, the sideline kind of lost their head. I don't know if you kind of saw the arguments on the sideline last week, the players when they were playing the Ravens, they kind of lost their head a bit. Um, and I think that's going to continue this week, I think. I don't think the Steelers are going to batter him in any way, shape, or form, but I think the Steelers are going to nick this one. Just, I'm not a full believer in the Steelers, but I just think the Broncos might have hit their ceiling a little bit with those first kind of three wins back to back. I think they struggle now for a couple of games. I don't know who they've got next the week after, um, but I think Pittsburgh, at least defensively, are an all right team. And I think the Steelers nick this one by the skin of their teeth. Thornsey, who you got in this one? Broncos, Steelers. Um, I'm going with the Broncos for now. Assuming Teddy Bridgewater is going to be healthy. He's not, I don't think. I think Locke's playing. Yeah. Yeah. If Locke definitely is definitely starting, then I feel like the Steelers got Teddy D's in on my roll with the Broncos. Sweet. Chaps. Yeah, it's a shame because I'm the same as Thornsey. If Bridgewater was starting, this game would be a lock. A lock. Oh. Lock of the week. Um, if it weren't for that defence, they'd be the Pittsburgh bums. They would be, if it weren't for that defence. Did you see at the weekend when Juju Smith-Schuster was smashing the tablet on the sideline? Yeah. Uh, someone, someone's, uh, someone's taken that and they've just gone uh, and they've put like TikTok's error t- page up and it's yeah. like, that's why he's smashing it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, no. Um, yeah, my uh, my pick is the Steelers. Well, it's a caveated pick. It's the Steelers if the if Bridgewater is not playing. If Bridgewater is playing, it's the Broncos. Cool. Uh, in one in what is one of my top three games of the week next, uh, we have the Philadelphia Eagles traveling to the Carolina Panthers, which I think could be a fun little shootout. I think the Panthers. Defence got found out a little bit last week um, and the offence slowed a little bit. And I think Philly still managed to put up points against the Chiefs. The defence didn't do a lot, but I mean, when Tyreek Hill goes for like 180 yards, was it? And three touchdowns or 150 yards, whatever it was, in that kind of region and three touchdowns, what can you do? Um, I think this could be a a little bit of a shootout. uh, And I have the Panthers nicking this one, but I'm excited to watch this one in that early slate of games. Uh, it's one to keep an eye on. Shaps, who you got? Uh, C-Max still listed as questionable. Obviously, puts a big 
if on that Carolina offense. Um, all the pros we gave Sam Darnold, he didn't have his best game. I expect him to rally back. I do agree with you. I think I don't think this will be a shootout, but I think it'll be tight necessarily, just because I think that Carolina defense is dominant. But that being said, yeah, I'm gonna give Carolina the L here. Ooh, thought you were going dab and you went out. So Philly for the win. I like this Philly team. I think they're looking. I think this Philly team is a surprise. It's the kind of team that I don't think they're going to do anything. No. Like, but it's the team that you never want to play because there's just like, on on any given day, they could beat any given team in the league. Offensively, yeah. I say offensively. Skill. No, no, no. They genuinely can, and it's cool. If everything goes right, they will win. Like, I know that seems like such a obvious statement to make <laughs> but they're a team that can beat anyone in my yeah. opinions which makes them dangerous <laughs> because they're also a team that i don't think has anything to stand for at the moment they're not going to make them if they do make the playoffs they'll be one and done they're not going to do anything this year they're pr- yeah. they're going to be dead middle of the nfl but they're going to beat some good teams this year i i think the kind of goal maybe from this season was to try and figure out the jalen hurts operation and whether it was going to be operation. i think it's a guy whether it was going to be a success or not. Um, because let's be honest, I think everyone had them slated into that number four uh, slot in the division and mm. maybe even, you know, top five pick. And if they can figure out like a roughly 500, around 500 season and figure out that Jalen Hurts always oh, actually quite good, which he seems to be so far this season, then I think that they'll still call this season a success. If they get through the season eight, eight and one or eight and nine or nine and eight or whatever, and Jalen Hurts is a bum, then I think that's a failed season really because there's they, they could have been tanking this season, especially when you said, and I'll let you talk next, Thorns, when you kind of looked at their draft picks um, over the weekend and where their draft picks currently stand. Yeah. Well, was it five, seven and eight? I think it was five, eight, and nine. Yeah. Anyway, three top ten picks either way, which is unprecedented. I don't think we've ever seen that. No, don't think so. Not in. Browns had what, one and four, and they got Baker and Ward, but three top ten picks. It's worth losing just to get them. Yeah. Honestly, like this Eagles team could easily, like, in a few years, be something we're talking about. Just because the if they spend that draft capital wisely, don't get me wrong. Like the Raiders had a lot of draft capital, and I didn't like how they spent it. Right. And I don't think anyone did. Yeah, <laughs> the players the Browns had a lot of draft they were capital. Like, me, <laughs> me. Cleveland <laughs> Farrell was like me. <laughs> he like was like, it was like, he was like, you guys know it's not day two yet, right? Yeah. <laughs> So don't worry, Mum. We've got like two hours before I get picked. Yeah. <laughs> he's actually, he was actually. Um, it, it's a good, it's a good thing it, he was in the uh, green room rather than at home, because otherwise he might have been caught in the bathtub. Just like, oh crap! <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Still getting ready. <laughs> hold, hold on, coach. I got a game of two game in the middle of. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, number um, four pick is delayed, but yeah, well, like yeah. they've got, they've got. Well, he finishes his game of blacktop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They've got to spend them. He was like, oh, yeah, wait, let me go for a deep two. <laughs> uh, they, um, they've got to spend them wisely because, like, we've seen that knock-on effect where the Raiders, we thought, could get an instant injection and instead it's taken a bit longer and none of those picks have really panned out too amazingly yet. 
same with the Browns, to be fair. Like we took Ward and Baker, we hit on both of those, but then we missed on a lot of the other near top round picks. Like you think about like Austin Corbett, absolute swing and a miss. Like Jabril Peppers never really did much. Um, this isn't about the Browns. No, no, no. I'm saying they've got to spend the picks wisely because it's easy to miss on lots, having lots of picks. I don't know how I've turned this about the Browns, but yes. <laughs> uh, Thornsey, who's winning this game? <laughs> yeah, uh, how have we gone from preview of the <laughs> Eagles? <laughs> We've gone from preview of the Eagles. Um... Panthers. No, I, I, Panthers. Do get, I do get what you were saying. It yeah, wasn't yeah. a complete random yeah. tangent. L- like really last sorry. week when he was loosely talking about edge rushes and then went, Miles Garrett had four and a half sacks. <laughs> <laughs> I still stick by that connection. It was just, it, it was like interesting, and then you started going on about the Browns, like third round pick from or second round pick from three years ago. And it's yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, who's um, winning this game? Panthers. I was gonna go Eagles, but then I think Shapsy said about how like they they have a tremendous D or something, and I was like, okay, yeah, no, Panthers. I'll go back to them. Yeah, um, they do have a tremendous D, and I think it, like if we haven't talked about Trevon Diggs and those two kind of game changing picks that put the Cowboys in position to score, then the Panthers defense would have looked a lot hotter than it actually did. I, um, you you say on paper 36 points, but you know, if you if the offense gives up two turnovers in tough field position, then you know, if they don't if they don't get those two touchdowns. I yeah. want to quickly throw in while well, you've mentioned the Carolina defense looks hot. They've uh, I watched a YouTube video on them by a guy called Brett Coleman, who does really uh, nice. Yeah, I know Brett Coleman. Analysis. And as you said, they're getting hot. I just thought he calls, he called instead of like, you know, like the Legion of Boom name, he's called that defense the Carolina Reapers. Nice. That's annoying to be fair. Because they got a bit of spass. <laughs> I, I got it. <laughs> okay. The last game of the early window on Sunday is. Should we all get, should we all get like mini figureheads of our favorite players? Because I really want a Miles Garrett one, but I think it'll be sad. We stop talking about the Browns. Like, I'm Watch this game be the Browns now. I'm curious <laughs> that we've still got to talk about the Browns in the preview slot. Like, <laughs> never mind. Anyway, right. And we move on to the final game of the early window on Sunday. It's the Tennessee Titans against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hand on heart, I think the Jaguars are going to win this, but I am going to say the Tennessee Titans because of mine and Shaps' bet that we made in an earlier episode where I said the Tennessee Titans would do the double over the Jags. At the time, that was a lock for me. It's not looking so hot now, even though the Jacksonville Jaguars don't look great. But yeah, I actually, in real life, think the Jags are going to win this. But for the sake of winning my bet with Shaps, I hope that the Titans do. Thorns, who you got in this one? Uh... I'm gonna go Titans because I don't. I just can't go Jags until they get rid of their coach. Less said about him the better. <laughs> no, I'm just. I don't want to say too much because I know he's coming up later. I just don't. I just don't like him. Like he's such a like a seedy like. Weird, he's like one of them people in sick form that, that hits on all the year sevens. Like, wow, it's just. Oh. Mm, <laughs> That's like, gross. For 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 any potential American listeners or Scottish <laughs> listeners, <laughs> they do it a bit differently up there. That's like a seventeen-year-old hitting on an eleven-year-old. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. 
Sounds a lot worse when you say it naturally. Yeah, doesn't it? Ugh, yeah. I gross. It's just icky. Anyway, but no, uh, I'll go Titans. Just <laughs> and Tanny and the big dog. Tanny well, and the big well, I hope Dan's. I hope uh, Dan's preparing to fetch me my Scottish tender. Because oh, uh, to be fair, they have to beat him twice for me. Danny to... and the big dog. Tanny and the big dog. He won't be barking. He won't be barking so much this week. I say that I literally what made so many. I made so many comments in. I was listening to it back in the podcast. I was like, "If you're playing against Derek Henry in fantasy this week, find the new god and pray to him." And then he got like 15 points or something, if that. Oh, what from this week? This week, yeah. Well, no. To be fair, he did rush for 157 yards still. Ah, yeah. <laughs> um, still, uh, I'm still going with the Jaguars. I think, I think they looked solid against the, a good Bengals team. Not they, sure they, if I mentioned realistically, this, but I think the Bengals do I. Yeah. <laughs> but they look solid against the Bengals and I think this is going to be a good chance for them to snatch a W have you seen that um, Trevor Lawrence in his first four NFL games has lost as many games as he has in the rest of his football career yeah it's mad isn't it can we talk about Urban Meyer now or not if it's not bum related uh, not bum related yeah because I'm really worried that Trevor Lawrence is going to have a really shoddy start to his career and it's going to be similar to Sam Darnold and Adam Gaze. Like, it's going to be because of... Because Urban Meyer is such a fluke. I still Adam can't get blow, get over the fact that Adam Gaze was brought in for Sam Darnold to be the quarterback whisperer. I know. I hate Adam Gaze. Um, that's twice this episode now. <laughs> um, well, I, I mean, I probably should save this for the section later, but Urban Meyer, like Shad Khan... Shad Khan? Anyway, Mr. Khan... Uh, is it? <laughs> what? I can't believe I bit on that. No. <laughs> I can't believe I bit on that. Is it? Is it really? <laughs> That's embarrassing. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed that I bit on that. Oh, no. Oh, dear Lord. Imagine though, that would be fun. <laughs> um. Anyway, Mr. Khan... Uh, the uh, owner of the Jags has come out and said that uh, Urban Meyer has got to earn back our trust. So hopefully, fingers crossed, he doesn't ruin the Trevor Lawrence experience because I know that's something that, you know, is Trevor Lawrence is someone that we still want to see work out with them. So anyway, uh, we'll move on to the late window and the first game up, arguably some people's probably game of the weekend, the Cleveland Brownies travel to the beautiful LA Sun unless there's lightning at 1am British time and they move the kickoff back. Um, play the LA Chargers. I'll go first. We're on a bit of a roll. Oh, I shouldn't say we really, should I? The Chargers are on a bit of a roll. I think this will be quite low score and I think they'll keep kind of the defense, the LA defense will keep Cleveland quite low scoring, but I also think the Cleveland defense is obviously being arguably the the defensive unit so far this season. So I think they'll restrain Herbert a bit, but I have just have a bit more faith in the Chargers' offense to score points than I do in uh, the Cleveland offense. And Shaps, sorry, I probably am seeing your point here, but like you said, they they start slow. Uh, so I think the Chargers will nick it. And I think it'll be low scoring. It'll be tight, but the Chargers will nick it somehow. 
we may as well go to Shaps and then we'll go to Mr. Unbiased to tell us his opinion. Yeah, I'm scared for this weekend, I can't lie. Like, I don't want to play the Chargers, especially at this point in time. My only hope is that you're coming in off a high and that's always the hardest time to play. Like, yeah. it sounds weird, but it's always hardest to come up. Like, we saw it with the Rams beating the Bucks and then dropping to the um, cards. Like, coming in off a high and then playing a good team is always hard to do. Uh, especially considering the o- Oakland were your division rivals, I reckon you would have put a lot of time and energy. And Las port- Vegas. Las Vegas, sorry. Uh, I think you would have put a lot of time, energy. Ding, and- ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Thank you for that contribution uh, into beating them. I reckon this is, like you said, not going to be the highest scoring of games. I reckon it's going to be an absolute nail-biter, though, start to finish. I agree. Um, Kevin Stefanski's shown that he wants to go for it on fourth downs quite a lot. And I think that, and I think you've you've seen the same from the Chargers. So, like, this game is potentially be, like, I think there's going to be a lot of fourth and ones, fourth and twos, and you're just going to see him go for it. I think this is going to be two coaches going balls to the walls. And I think it's going to be won by a strip sack. That's all I'm going to say. Browns win off a strip sack. <laughs> not, not, not off points to, like from the defence, but strip sack, putting the offence in close range. Or are you suggesting that the Chargers win, but the Browns are going to win in terms of strip sack total? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I'm suggesting that I think it will be a tight game, then near the end of the game, we'll get a strip sack near your goal line, and that will put the final nail in the coffin. Uh, yeah, I, I think very, very quickly before I let Thornsy speak, I think the game's going to be won and lost in that kind of whoever plays left end against our right tackle against the Chargers right tackle Storm Norton um, and and how the Chargers coaches have kind of combated that and how they keep Justin Herbert on his feet I would imagine Austin Eckler is going to be giving him a lot of help uh, or Gabe Neighbors, a lot of offs, I imagine a lot of yeah well I mean that's we're a- quite bad against running backs that going out as receivers which is going to be interesting I think JOK has got to have a big game because I reckon he'll be someone they'll try and use to match up on Eckler. Yeah. But Jared Cook also had a good game against the Raiders, so mm. there's a lot of options there. I'm Sorry, I know I'm bigging up my own team, but they, they look great, and there's a lot of options on that offense. Um, right. Ouch. Um, I'll go Chargers as well. I'm just too... Uh, Justin Herbert. Like... And I think as well, they, they didn't use their receivers as much as they could have against the Raiders. I don't know if you saw when Herbert, like, just overthrew Mike yeah. Williams on yeah. the like, yeah. definite touchdown. I feel like if, if Allen and Williams both get, like, 10 targets each, oh, my goodness, you're in trouble, regardless of who your corners are. Especially when, I don't know, how tall is Newsom? Is he, like, six? Six I foot, think, I think. Six foot, six one. I, I was going to say six dead, so... Yeah, so I mean, he's about six foot. I think he'll be on Mike, I would imagine. Yeah, I know Den- Denzel Ward isn't much over six foot either. Denzel Ward's like six foot as well. He's yeah, just yeah. rat. He's just skinny. Yeah, and that's the thing. And going up against Mike Williams, who is kind of a tight end in a wide receiver's body, like no wide receiver in a tight end's body. I knew you meant. <laughs> yeah, Newsom will take the big. Newsom will always take the big receiver. He's the yeah. big. He's the big corner. 
Yeah, like he's the muscular corner. I think that Mike Williams is just such a huge mismatch and is playing so well this season. Uh, you know, with Herbert as well, who just has that ability to put the ball where only the receiver can get it. John Johnson can get there. John Johnson. Well, you never. I mean, you never know because the Browns' defense has been really good. So it's, it should be like I know it will be a really good matchup because whoever loses is going to be hilarious for one of these. <laughs> but it like NFL one bias all that sort of stuff. Speaking should also be a really good matchup. But I yeah, think yeah. Chargers will edge it. Sweet. Uh, next game in the nine o'clock window. The other person's uh, team. Involved in this matchup, the Chicago Bears travel to the Las Vegas Raiders. We'll let you go first on this one, Thorns. Who you got? I'll go Raiders, but uh, yeah, I don't know. A little bit scared because we'll be missing. We might be missing. Our, actually, I don't. I'm not even going to analyze it that much because I don't think people care too much about the Raiders' injury worries. But, yeah, uh, hopefully, the Raiders' offense will bounce back. We'll realize that running the ball. And getting no yards is not a constructive. Yeah, especially against the Chargers defense that can't stop the run. <laughs> they had no yards in the first quarter. They had yeah. 50 yards. Of, like, oh, it was just, yeah. I think if we realize someone on NFL.com was like, when the Raiders realize they're a pass first team, they'll become a much better team. And hopefully we'll do that against the, the Bears. Yeah. But yeah, I'll go the Raiders. Sweet. Chaps. Raiders. Chicago. Chicago got like their offense is trying to find its feet with a quarterback. Like they're trying to find their feet with a quarterback who's very non-typical. Like don't get me wrong, I'm not saying he Fields isn't a passer, but he's more of a Deshaun Watson than like a scrambling quarterback like Lamar Jackson. Like, but that being said, he's a very different style of player. And for any offense, that's going to take a little bit of time to get clicking. So until they really start building up that chemistry, I'm not ready to to bite on the Chicago bullet just yet. Plus, the Raiders are coming off a loss, so they're going to be deceiving, and they're a very good team this year. Uh, sorry to be the uh, devil's advocate almost, but I've got the Chicago Bears to win this. Um, I think it's tough. Once you lost a game, it's hard to then get back to that winning form. I know it's only one game, but... I think it's hard to get that back. And I also think that Justin Fields got a bit of momentum. We talked about last week about him having a bit of an easier matchup to kind of adjust a little bit more to the NFL and the Raiders defense. I think you kind of were going to say it thorns and kind of stop yourself, but the Raiders defense is a bit banged up. Um, So I think Fields could have a really good day here. Some of the throws that he made on the weekend were, I was going to say Justin Herbert-esque. Um, like the back shoulder throw to, I think it was Darnell Movie, Mooney in the right-hand side of the end zone, about three yards out, was just, oh, it was a lovely throw. Like Mooney's a good waiver wide pickup for people I, who are stuck for receivers in fantasy. I love Darnell Mooney. I would have picked him up. He would have been kind of one of my uh, sleeper picks for fantasy, but with them kind of moving on quarterbacks and stuff, didn't know how that was going to work out. But yeah, so I have the Bears winning this one. Uh, the next game, another tasty one in the NFC West. They seem to be coming thick and fast now. The San Francisco 49ers against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, with kind of Trey Lance playing this week, I don't know how kind of influential he's going to be. He struggled last week a little bit, I think I would say anyway, against the Seahawks. And that's not the greatest defense in the world. They rely on, you know, Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams to make those plays. 
I think the Cardinals uh, are going to take this one. I, I, I think it'll be close. I think it'll be closer than the Cardinals game against the Rams last week, but I think the Cardinals will win this and continue uh, rolling until Kyler Murray inevitably like dies out and like we gates or something. Uh, but yeah, I have the Cardinals here, 5-0. and Whoever. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, Cardinals as well. I'm excited to see Trey Lance in his first full start. I am too, yeah. Shanahan does with the playbook and whatever. Um, also worth monitoring is Trent Williams could be out Ooh. on Sunday. And that would be a very big loss. So, um, but yeah, Cardinals as well. I just I can't see them losing. I just can't see them losing. Yeah, I think it will be like a surprise when they lose. Like, yeah. Tonight, but yeah. It's weird though, because also if they do lose to the 49ers, I'll kind of be like, yeah, fair enough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Even even the um, Lance, I I think the 49ers still have kind of that pedigree of such a well-rounded roster, even with injuries, that you kind of go, yeah, fair enough. If like Kittle goes for like a hundred yards, you're like, well, Kittle went for hundred yards. Samuel probably goes for like 80 upwards, maybe a hundred upwards. Yeah, fair enough. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, chaps, who you got? You know, last week when you picked the Giants over the Saints and you just went, you just have that gut feeling. Yeah. That's what I've just got about San Fran this week. Yeah. Like I've been the Cards like number one fan since like preseason. But every like there's never been an well, there's been one undefeated team in the history of the NFL. And that happens for a reason, because every team eventually loses a game. Like they will. It's just a matter of fact of uh, of professional sports. The chances of a team going undefeated are so unbelievably slim. And yeah. while I love this Cards team, they're gonna lose one or two games in the regular season. That's a fact. Like well, definitely more. I'm telling you now. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, that's a. It's a fact. They'll they'll at some point lose a couple games, and I've just got a feeling that's this week. I mean, the 49ers are such a good team that are so badly underperforming. Like, I saw it in the rankings. I think they're currently ranked... I can't, by, I can't remember who does the NFL rankings, but the ones they put on their network and stuff. They're currently down to, like, I think 19th or 20th. And you look at their roster and you're like, but how? Yeah. Like, and I think Trey Lance coming in, he struggled originally, but they can just hope that he will be a bit of a breath of fresh air. I think the 49ers, one thing to note as well, is they've had a lot of issues at running back this year. Injuries galore. Like, there was one game where they literally had three three running backs go out injured and they had to put back in Elijah Mitchell with a bloody, like, dodgy shoulder just because they didn't have another running back that was fit. So, like, and the 49ers game is based around the running game. So, I think they've been... We say this about them every bloody year, but they've been unlucky... And, like, I don't know, I've just got that feeling that this week's their week. Yeah, it seems to be that the 49ers have caught the Chargers' luck with injuries. It's almost like, very much knock on wood, that, yeah, it's been contagious. It's basically wherever Jason Verrett is, (laughs) that's where the bad luck goes. Um, But, yeah, that injury plague seems to be going over. And there's not really been any kind of key hitters other than... uh, potentially Trent Williams and Jimmy G now. And like you said, some of the running back room, but the running back room, there's about 45 running backs in. So like, they all can start. So 
Yeah. Anyway. Uh, moving on to Shaps' favorite team, the New York Giants, playing the Dallas Cowboys. Sorry, I'm going first again. I think I was first last time, but I'll go first again. Dallas Cowboys, Giants rode their luck last week a bit. Um, Saquon had a good game. Daniel Jones again had a good game, but they run into a brick wall this week with the Dallas Cowboys. I think the Dallas Cowboys beat them by about at least two two touchdowns. Uh, Thorns, who you got? Cowboys. Um, hopefully there'll be a bit of a like a fight to the Giants, but I th- yeah, I don't think they're good enough to top of the Cowboys. No, me neither. Cool. Chaps, who you got? Is it even worth asking? I'm going to hate myself for saying this. How about them boys? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, was yeah. Just, I thought it was going to be something <laughs> no, else. No. <laughs> Dan, Dan Jones is still a bum. Let's, let's not mince our words. <laughs> Call him Dan like you know him. <laughs> Uh, yeah, fair enough, Cowboys. Uh, that is the end of the uh, kind of late slot. We head on to Sunday night football. Two games left, boys. We can do it. Uh, Sunday night football, the game of the weekend. Holy Jesus. Holy, holy cojones. Um, the Buffalo Bills travel to play the Kansas City Chiefs. Why do they make all the sickest games on unfair British times? I understand why. Prime time and that. And money talks but lord above what a game that we can't really record because we can't avoid the result and watch on a monday morning um anyway sorry that was enough about me frothing at the mouth about the actual game and not saying anything about the actual game um thornsey who have you got in this one i think it has to be the chiefs like i don't Think you can ever bet against them? Like, come! I know they've lost like what, two, three games this week. One game, two games, two games this year. But it's just like, uh, it's like when you have a really good player on fantasy and they haven't performed for like three or four weeks in a row, but you can't drop them because they're such a good player, and you know that that bounce, that that explosion is coming at some point. You don't want to miss it. It's like that. Like the Chiefs haven't been great this year, and the Bills have been great over the last couple of weeks, but. Just still can't count them out, and you know that all it takes is like one Tyreek Hill play, one Travis Kelsey long run for a touchdown, and yeah. But I think this is going to be oh, it's just going to be such a good game, like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Shaps, who you got in this one? I'm literally was going to say the exact same as Fawnsy, it doesn't matter what the form is, who they're playing. I, for some reason, will never let myself bet against KC. Like, like there's just something about them that just seems so untouchable by most NFL teams. Like, even with the Bucks, like, even, I'd predict the Bucks to lose. I'd predict the Browns to lose. I'd predict any team to lose. But for some reason, with KC, I just can't. And I think it's what Fawnsy says. It's because on any given day, you're always sat there, like, whenever you try and talk yourself, like, a team out of winning you always then just come back with, oh, but they could, this could happen, this could happen, this could happen. And there's just too many ifs on that KC team. Like, oh, but what if this person shows up? Oh, what if this, per-? like, there's too many of them. The defence is dog. Let's not, let's not mince words here. The defence is dog. And yeah. the Bills will be scoring a large amount of points. But I just can't bet against KC. Like, I don't know what it is. Uh, well, I l- let you both... 
I'll cover both of you because the Buffalo Bills are winning this game. Um, and it's going to be like 37-34 or like 33-30 or something like that. They're going to win it with like by a field goal or by a game-winning touchdown or something like that. But this is this is the game where Josh Allen says, I'm here. People that disrespected me the first two, three weeks of the season, I am back. I am the player that I was last season. You know, you beat the Texans, nobody's bothered really. You beat the Washington football team, yeah, okay, the Washington football team defense couldn't stop Atlanta. Like, this defense isn't great, but people will look back and say, oh, well, they played the Kansas City Chiefs and they outscored them. They battled with them. They went drive to drive and they outscored them. They beat arguably one of the best teams in the NFL. The Buffalo Bills win this for me. The Chiefs are struggling. Imagine starting the season playing four potential AFC like Super Bowl candidates, realistically. The Browns, the Chargers, uh, the Bills, and the Ravens. And the Eagles aren't bad. Like, <laughs> what a they tough did. start to the season. They must have the Raiders coming up. Not to be like <laughs> Super Bowl, but like the Raiders are a pretty good team at the moment. The Raiders are a very good team. And yeah, division. They gotta play them twice. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. like the Chiefs, low key. I'm not gonna say it as like a it's a like it's happening, but like just floating the idea around like the Chiefs could struggle for once. They won't, but I'll just pop that into the universe. So saying out loud, the Chiefs could lose maybe six games this year. Maybe five. Maybe two. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. We're gonna be this the end of the world for the Chiefs. They lose their first, they lose they, three of the first five, and then win the next twelve. And everyone's like, yeah. "Oh yeah, that, that was nice while it lasted." But it's nice to live yeah. in a world where the Chiefs aren't consistently like winning every single thing it's possible. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm excited to see the Bills go up against another good offense because they haven't really done that yet. Yeah. Like, so they that'll be, be cruising, cruise yeah. control. Yeah. But, yeah. Anyway. We're nearly there. We head into Monday night football. I think this one's going to be an easy win. You guys might disagree. Um, it's the Indianapolis Colts playing and travelling to the Baltimore Ravens. I'll go first this time. I have the Ravens dominating, like dominating this one. Uh, and that might come back to bite me in the butt because the Colts obviously dominated the Dolphins last week. Um, but it'll be a lot better run defence this week. Um Baltimore wins this one and low key. They they really slid under the radar, the Ravens. It's probably because they nearly lost the Lions. They just about beat the Chiefs. Like, and, and they played the Broncos, which nobody was watching that game, realistically. So, like, and who did they lose to? Who did the Ravens lose to? The Raiders. And they could have won that one, really. But they've slid under the radar. I think this team is more dominant. Uh, than you think and oh I didn't want whether I want to throw this out there at the minute if I had to pick someone that was kind of gonna they haven't fully hit form yet and we know kind of being that team come December January February is about hitting late season form I'm gonna say currently if I had to pick who's gonna finish first in the AFC for me it'd be the Ravens which I think comes as a shock um, because they haven't been the dominant team that they could be. But I, I just have a feeling the Ravens are going to find form at the right time. Um, 
and I mean, we talk about the cojones, the cojones on John Harbour to like, they'd won the game on the weekend and not Neil. They were like, stuff it, we're going to go for this rush to get uh, 40, 43 straight games with 100 plus rushing yards. Like, you know, I, I low-key, like if that was against me, I'd be like, what are you doing? Like, what? Like, so-and-so. But like, as a neutral outside fan, I was like, yeah, you, you get yours. Bro. No, no, it's stupid. It, it's like him protecting his preseason record, which cost him J.K. <laughs> Dobbins. No, no, it, it's unnecessary and stupid. That He's didn't cost him J.K. Dobbins. It was before that that they lost J.K. Dobbins. Oh. But they lost someone in preseason trying to win a game that they just didn't need to. Uh, I can't remember who was there. Either way, it's, it's, it's oh, pig-headed... It's pig-headed coaching. If you've got the win, take the win. If you if it's preseason, you don't care about the win. Stop feeding your own ego and actually think about player safety. There's, if there's if you don't need to run a play, you don't run it. As you can tell, I don't like it. But Ravens win. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Thorns, who you got? Uh, yeah, Ravens too. Much more to add. Yeah, sweet, cool. Uh, well done, guys. We got through it. That took about thirty minutes longer than we anticipated, but it we got through. Ages. I was thinking at like uh, ten. It was like, okay, yeah, this isn't going too bad. And now it's half ten, and we're still going. So I've just <laughs> finished. Yeah, well, we got through it. Uh, we've got one last little section for you before we go. It's going to be very, very quick. But of course, we introduced it last week. Shaps has got to let us know who this week's bum. Of the week is, and I think you kind of figured it out. Da da do, da da do, bum of the week. Who is the worst? Who is the worst? You're joining the bum squad. <laughs> the jingle still needs work. Um, <laughs> so I thought it was going to be something like bum of the week. Yeah, da 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 bum of the week. Okay, yeah, that's the jingle now. Bum of the week. There you go. Um, yeah, so the bum of the week this week. I have got an honourable mention. Ooh. Okay. He's a running back, a former running back of the UEA Pirates, Ed Shapland, for the New York Bums both winning this weekend. In overtime as well. Which sort of undermines the whole bum squad. However, I would like to point out that I did say they're one cohesive unit as the New York Bums, and they cohesively both fluked into wins. So the New York Bums winning makes me an honourable mention for Bum of the Week. Also, before, before, I actually, before, I've been, I'm, I think, I, I don't know if I went for it on or off air, but I said I'm in this elimination betting round where you can only bet on one team each once. And I bet on the Titans last week. Was oh. going to change it when I saw AJ Brown and uh, AJ Brown and Julio Jones were both out, then went, nah, it's the Jets, I'll leave it. Left it, and now I'm eliminated after oh, five no. weeks, and there's only three people left in the betting pool. Oh, no, that's not good. Uh, anyway, sort of... Look, quick, quickly, before track. you announce who actually Bum of the Week is, is it like a practice squad in the NFL? Can you like be promoted to the af- active roster back again? <laughs> is Zach Wilson and Dan Jones out of the Bum squad now they've won a game? Or do no, they... no, no. Well, Dan Jones is the starter. Zach Wilson's the backup. <laughs> By, by the end, we're gonna have a full like. They're getting coached. They're getting coached by. Uh, they're getting coached by Adam Gase at the moment. Oh. But they've got a new. They've got a new uh, coordinator coming in, who I'll announce today. I'll tell you what. Fawnsy seems to have a lot of passion on the topic. So Fawnsy, 
would you like to honourably mention this week's Bum of the Week? Well, it's not an honourable mention if he actually is Bum of the Week, is it? No, honourably mention. Because uh, <laughs> anything done by Thornton... <laughs> Thank God you clarified. <laughs> um, and the winner of this week's Bum of the Week is Urban Meyer from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Congratulations, Urban. Bum squad, bum squad. How bum sick squad. is it? A first name is Urban. Shamey's a piece of... Anyway. Why is he in Bum of the Week? Anyone want to share? Something happened to him this week. Fawnsy. Fawnsy's the, uh, taking it. Oh, this is Fawnsy's segment for today. Ooh. Yeah. Urban has been de- declared Bum of the Week for the following. <laughs> Obviously, if an Urban 4 start is hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> Is is the the beginning of the nomination? He's never getting the bomb score by playing well. I think that's established. Um, after losing against the Cincinnati Bengals, despite having a fourteen nothing lead at halftime, Urban then went to a was it a, it was like a dinner party with his with his the dinner party. We'll say that went to a dinner <laughs> party where he was filmed. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe the position that he was in. But he was kind of sat on a chair with his hand between his legs whilst a young woman danced in front of him in a rather provocative way and was then saw seen putting pictures on her social media story saying, who is this man? He keeps flirting with me. Maya presumably didn't tell his wife about this, but has now had to since it's been going. <laughs> it's going still a older. I, I think the internet did. Since it's been going around social media like a wildfire for the last week. Um, at which point he then had to tell his team and apologise for what happened. At which point he then left the meeting with his team after telling them and saying how sorry he was for all of his players to, to burst out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I think over for possible divorce impending, no respect amongst his players at Head coach, if he's not the head coach, he's in a, a very important role. And that's this week. But 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 of the week. <laughs> this is my favourite section of the whole show. We do like I love it's gone from fun facts that no one can even remember by the second week to now bum of the week. It really shows the direction the show's taken. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, genuine. I think I think it's really escalated. And if you stuck through the entire podcast just to find out who's the latest member of the Bum Squad, you really are a fan. So we appreciate you. Right. We have got to the end. We have done it. You have done it. We have discussed another week in the NFL. Well, we've technically two. Uh, what's gone on in the previous week? What we think is going to happen this week? And I'm sure, just like you are, we are very excited to see what goes on in this week and talk about it again next week. But first things first, before we head off, thank you, Thorns. Have a good week, mate. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm going to finish Bake Off. (laughs) Uh, Nice and Thorns. Uh, Nice and Shaps. Have a good week, my friend. Thanks for having me. Is there an echo in here? I'm going to go watch Bake Off. on fire tonight chaps i love it (laughs) Uh, uh, i love it right good work everybody (laughs) for listening (laughs) well done if you've you've made it if you've made it through this far 
Um, why? <laughs> <laughs> because our takes are polarizing. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, we appreciate it. Catch you very, very soon. Much love. Peace. Peace. Peace.